situation normal. All... All fouled up. This is Snafu. All right, welcome to another episode of Snafu. It's kind of a special episode this week. We have a special guest with us, uh, Jesse. Say hi. Hello. So this is our uh, our episode where we cover Adepticon, and we're actually going to cover the fact because that dropped right before we started recording this. So why don't we jump right into it? We're going to skip hobby and anything else that we have going on. So let's jump right into the errata, which I'm now looking at. And you can probably hear me cooking. Is it the first time you've looked at it? No, it is not, actually. I've read through it several times now. I found a couple of very interesting pieces in here. Um, some of them but less so than others. The first thing I noticed is that I, I must have had later printings of some of these books because some of the typos they corrected have already been changed in the hard copy I had. So they did. Yeah. They kind of went through and just did all you know all that generic little fix and touch up stuff that everyone's been crying for them to do for a couple of years. You mean the hundred point upgrade to the M4 Shermans? That was my favorite so far. <laughs> like, they got a little more expensive. Up. <laughs> yeah. Somebody little... uh, fat fingered that number, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Or just forgot copied and pasted it. They did it twice, so well, it's some... probably sad too because it was a T34. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you honestly knew that wasn't the correct cost. Oh, absolutely. Tell me you weren't that guy that tried to put it on the table for that cost. I would have never put it on the table for that cost. No. I, I, I may I have, jokingly. Everybody's got their army books. They use the army book prices. Right. I, not, I th- not the big book. Or not the, not the official the rule book. book. Yeah. I think um, Easy Army had it set to 234 anyway. Correct. It was one of the few times that... Easy Army has been correct where the book has been wrong, not vice versa. Typically, it's the other way around. But no, what armies do you guys play? Point. I don't seem to find any errors on on Easy Army. <laughs> hey, I would love to take my my uh, Greyhound at Armor Eight instead of Armor Seven, according to Easy Army. That'd be outstanding. You should Thanks send others. You should send him uh, an error if you see it, because he is very quick to respond and actually. I have, and he he changed it on the summary line but he didn't change it in the descriptor text up at the top of the page. Gotcha. He, I also do know that there's some things going on there, too, where he's like he's, he's upgrading his servers right now, so he's working on making a better infrastructure because that thing has been kind of slow lately, and I think single, he's seeing sing, an increase in people. So Single plug, uh, he's upgraded to a better server, or at least they're a lot faster for me now. I kicked in $10 on a PayPal to him to support his website because I use his service all the time. Yeah. And, and if you do like it, you should go support him. That is that is true. Yeah, I was ready so, to test you. Uh, the web design stuff doesn't happen by itself. No, it's not free, although sometimes it is. <laughs> this, is, this, is a free, this is a free cause at this point. So, All right, so I, I'm just looking through all this stuff. Okay, so the big one, here's the big one, and I think everyone can agree this is a great change, is the heavy, the heavy explosives against buildings. I think this is a kind of a happy medium. It's not going too far. But it is making making it so that they're not death traps completely. We agree. Agreed. They're still death traps. They're just like not you know execution certain death guaranteed. Traps. Yeah. yeah like, instead of hitting on a three or well, not, well, I don't know what you're hitting a building with on a four if you're at long range or some of that heavy stuff. But yeah, 
so basically, uh, the fact actually just says you ignore any to hit penalties for cover. So your small teams, you're down. Obviously, your pin's still counted, so that makes it it makes it correct. I think it does. It's it is going to make veteran infantry in a building harder to get rid of again now because if which, they go down, which is what they should have been. But yeah, at the same time, if you're forcing them down, they're not taking an action that turn. Yeah, but if they're on an objective in that building, oof. Then you're not moving. Yeah. It, overall, I think it's a good change. I'm not sure if it's quite far enough yet. We'll we'll have to wait and see. But it is definitely a step in the right direction. So people will not be so. Well, they might still be afraid to go in buildings, but they'll be far less afraid than they were before. So true that. It's at least something. That, and that's then, what. Sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. That's what heavy mortars are for. True. Yeah, true. totally. I mean, it's still yeah. very valuable, and I, we're just we're seeing the result of something changing with buildings at least, so that everything is not just always getting hit on a three. Aren't heavy mortars still just two d six against buildings? I think so, but you're still range template. You're right, still so drilling through the temp, the building, though. Right, but you're not going to be able to destroy the building. You need something pretty, not consistently be able to destroy the building. Once, once, you're, once you're ranged in, though, um, that's probably going to be a bit better than if you're trying, like, a ZIS-3 to try and blast through it, you know. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Yeah. That's a very good point. I mean, mortars are still always going to be good at moving things off of objectives. That's that's a good point. But the mortars never looked at cover modifiers anyway, either. True, good point. It's just, it's just a ranging in-game for them. They never mattered. They couldn't hit buildings on a 3 at any point. Right. Again, fair enough. Yep. It'll make the... Uh... Might make you want to bring a heavy howitzer or not bring a heavy howitzer now that you're going to have to take the modifiers on small team and down. So, I yeah, so I like the change. It makes buildings a little bit better. Yeah, and, yeah. Now you can actually feel free to, to paint all those ones that you guys ordered and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> now if they just fix smoke. Yeah, there you go. That's the next. Maybe that'll be an extra rata. So yeah, I guess I, to follow that with the small team, they they errated officers and buildings, which I think was also another good move. Whether or not, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't know that anyone ever... I think it was more of a clarification. Maybe. Because the the way it reads is kind of the way I thought it had played anyway. It it makes logical sense. And, you know, so basically an officer that's in the building, he can use his morale bonus and snap to action to somebody who's above or below him or within 6 or 12 inches, depending on rank, of an opening he can see from. So I guess some people, you know, you have a, a, a wall that has no windows and they're trying to snap to, you know, people back there while he's within six inches. Well, what's he doing, shouting through the wall? So I guess it makes sense, and I'm glad they actually put that in there. But that's, that is one of those um, intent over rules that I think they just clarified with that errata, so I thought that was a good change. It does make buildings a little valuable. If it's six inches from an opening and you've got a fairly large building, you're really extending that officer's range. So that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of cool, though. I'm I think I think we need to get uh, multiple level buildings on our table to deal with this uh, floors and stuff. Now that it's actually safe to be in a building for more safer <laughs> to be in a building, maybe we'll actually be able to use that a little bit. Because I don't think oh, we've ever had more than one unit in a building ever. And the rules do say that it's a maximum one unit per floor, so you can't have you know you'd have to move up to a second building, taking a run or advance order to do so to get another unit in that same building. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I don't think that's as big of a deal either way. I still think you're the only one that's going to put a, uh, a boatload of guys. I almost said another word, but a boatload of guys in the in the in a building and shoot out of them. I'm still going to run right at you, or and die. Typically, that's usually how it goes for me. But maybe I should start putting my guys in buildings. Didn't hurt. No, 
Well, right. sorry, it could, <laughs> but it, it doesn't hurt as bad as it did before. How about that? Fair enough, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm looking through and trying to find all of the other ones that actually matter. Uh, the, hidden, the hidden setup clarification is very nice. Um, for you know any that can start in hidden setup, like I know Italians have a special rule that allows them to start in hidden setup. There's scenarios that allow a defender to have units in hidden setup, uh, and hidden setup just basically doubles the cover modifiers for people shooting at you. But now they can't be targeted by uh, an airstrike if they're hidden, which makes sense. I don't, I you know, we haven't in our group dealt with a lot of airstrikes coming in, so I don't know that that would have made a huge ruling difference for us. But it's good to know that they're hidden, you know. Under bushes, under rubble, can't be seen, so they can't be targeted by airstrikes. I think it's very cool. Yeah, that, that is kind of a good one. It's a bit I... of one of those make sense rules. If they're obviously hidden, they're ducking down out of light of sight, so you wouldn't know that they're there to call an airstrike on them. Yeah, and I, th- I think Warlord kind of makes a, a good point with most of their systems, and a lot of a lot of those it makes sense rules come into play. Sometimes you really have to read three or four different paragraphs in eight or nine different locations to get that part and put it all together and go, oh, well, that finally makes sense. Yeah, everything is everything in here to me is just like makes sense stuff. Like, oh, we screwed up. We we made a typo. You know, we we omitted something we shouldn't have. Sorry. Here we go. Like um, the air like the airstrike chart. They <laughs> listed two twice and no threes. Yeah. Yep. They I wonder whoever actually ignored anything on a three result and like, ah, I'm screwed, man. Nothing comes in. Yep. It's funny, I probably never even noticed that it was actually wrong. Until but, Jeff pointed it out? Yeah, until someone pointed it out, but I, I would have never noticed. I would have just assumed that that was the you know like the standard chart for a D6, you know? Everything's, on a 1, this happens, 2, 3, this happens, 4, 5, whatever, you know, go through it. Um, so everything else kind of, I'm just looking through all the other ones. The German, the German errata, nothing spectacular, there's nothing special there. Army of America uh, or the U.S. got like the all got books one. There, there was there was a little upgrade. I don't know if you want to call it an upgrade, but uh, an iteration to the M3 Stuart, which I saw on some of the forums had all kinds of traffic and all kinds of angry people. The M3 light tank now can basically you can get five MMGs at 150 points and something that has a seven plus armor or eight plus armor. It That's sounds right, it sounds good up front. I know Jeff and I were, were talking about this offline, and it's honestly the M3, the, the early M3s aren't that impressive. And, you know, as Jeff has pointed out, they're replaced pretty quickly. But so of the five guns, you've got one of them that's coaxial with the anti. You've got the rest are one's a, a pintle mounted, which has its own problems because if you use a pintle mounted against ground troops, now you've become an open top, so anything can put pins on you now. It's got soft sides, so you know even a boy's anti-tank rifle can take it out in like a five from the side. I, I, if someone wants to spend 150 points to put this on the table and think they're doing great against infantry, they'll probably do okay against infantry, but not much else. Well, let's add to the fact it's it's your tank selection in a reinforced platoon as well, and you've used it to take a five medium machine gun, which you know is cool against infantry, but. If the other guy brought a uh, a Panzer IV or a, even a Sherman or, frankly, anything that's not open-topped and has Armor 7+, plus, that steward isn't going to do a thing against it. So, Yeah, I would not be scared of that. Not, not one bit. No, the only thing is it's a nice weapons platform that, when it gets in position, if, it's, if it can pin down infantry, it can pin down infantry. But 
I, I do once again think Warlords did a fantastic job with their point buy system, really kind of balancing everything out. And you know, here's your 150 points that you spent in your armor slot to get this, which is you know the sides are thin as paper and can blow up pretty easily. And the weapons that it does have are circumstantial at best. You're you're yeah, probably I'm... more likely to see them in the the small 500 point games. I know like. Adepticon, the guy that was running Soviets, that I think he took, if I remember right, he took overall. Um, he ran the T28, which is, you know, 20 compared to 25 to the Stuart. Armor 8 and 5 points more. So you're more likely to see him in those games where you're not going to have a proliferation of anti-tank rather than like a thousand point game where you... You know, your standard anti-tank gun, or medium anti-tank gun, I should say, will probably rip right through it. I think a light would do just fine. You get her on the sides. Yeah. Regardless, that's a good point. In low points games, you have to be careful about, you know, what level of armor people are bringing. It might it might not be a bad idea if you're going to play 500 points or combat patrol to, to limit your games to armor 7 plus instead of anything that's actually tank at 8. But that's a story for another time. For later in this episode, you mean? Yep. Well, we've we've got that uh, that the game day coming up where they actually that, that rule in particular. I think points wise is kind of the combat equivalent, and he did cap the armor at seven plus. So I think we covered that a couple episodes back. Yep, and yeah, and it, it it does it does alleviate a lot of problems when you're talking such small point levels because oftentimes you'll get some infantry, and then you'll have one like anti tank weapon, and it's your whole army. And people don't necessarily want to play that way at 500 points, so it's kind of nice to. It is kind of a nice little bit to limit it at that level. Although that tank in low-level games would be busted as all get out. It'd be it, it would run people over and it would give people fits because that's I see a lot more infantry at low level. Yeah, if you don't have something to to deal with it, but you know what, uh, you you put your list together. It's on you to deal with that potential. True, and well, even so, I mean, it's still Soviets. They still get the extra free unit. At 500 well, points, which is kind of skewing it at, at 500 points anyway. That's true of every army that gets free units, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, I, and that's totally true. At, at such a low level, anything that's free is going to be kind of, uh, is going to skew things pretty dramatically. Like so. an extra dice on your machine guns? Not quite the same. It, it feels a little different on my end. Yeah, but you get, you, okay. Well, we can argue later about whether or not a free unit at 500 <laughs> points is more valuable than a single extra dice. I, I would I would tend to think our listeners would agree with me that a, free, a whole free unit of riflemen is still better. Well, yeah, artillery piece. that's because there's a good majority of players that are playing German armies. You also, we think all of the Germans are just whiners. I think they actually are onto something, maybe. Yes. Maybe they're onto something. You also have to take into effect that on a 1-6 to six chance, you're getting D6 additional pins on that unit after they take their first casualty because they are green. So I didn't have that happen you know, during our team tournament, luckily. But I've definitely had them get just pinned out because of rolling a one on on the green roll. And so then, you've had them be more of a, a, a pain in the butt than an actual asset. Yeah, I believe it was the last game that Jeff and I played against Dale and Paul, um, Soviets and French versus uh, Germany and Japan. So, I mean, you're you're... While they're good, and I will, and I love them to death because they tend to do work for me. There's also that chance of just being a sitting duck, doing nothing. Well, they're never going to actually come blow up your own troops, though. 
there's there's that and and they're still free so if you if they a free order dice is a free order dice there's something to be said for that and they still are sitting there and you're still making them shoot at them because if they don't shoot at them they they might rally and come back and say hi in a in a very in in a good timely manner hopefully but well they didn't faq that so the russians still get their free unit and i still get my free order observer they did however specify that that artillery observer has to be regular or he can't be a veteran. He can't. You can't be upgraded or downgraded in any way, shape, or form. And any any bodyguards he takes with them also have to be at that same regular level. Which, and I think this is probably thanks to you know the actually easy armor builder because that was the only option there for you. I guess I never questioned that or tried to figure like, well, he's free. If I just pay an extra three points, he should be veteran, right? So right. They, I think that they was spelled again out. another another intent rule. This is how they right. intended to do it the whole time. So the common sense thing that they that yep. they that they do. Which is nice. Yep, I think I think overall they've done a good job of doing that stuff. Um, all right, let's let's go to the next one here. So the armies of weapon. U.S. Was there anything well, major? In there? I think uh, th- they are they've like they've reworded the Rangers thing so that they get to move even when they come in on that first turn. It's not a big deal. Basically, they still can't be targeted just like they couldn't before, but they can they get to move even if they're coming on the first turn. I believe. I think that's not really a change. I just think they cleared it up a little bit. It still seems ambiguous or not quite as clear as it could be. Right. And, but, and the way I see it is, so if you have, so after both sides are deployed is when the first wave starts. And then these rangers lead the way, move before that. So they would move on before the first wave comes in. Is that the way you guys read it too? Yep. Okay. So they're not, so here, here's a tip. Don't ever put your rangers in reserve. Right. <laughs> or you could just take that right out all altogether. Right. Yeah, that's that seems silly. Otherwise, yeah, I don't. Other than that, I didn't see. I mean, nothing in the U.S. Other than that, they changed the point cost in the in the main book, which they should which, have. Which was a mistake. Obviously, the, their main book was two thirty four. They should have just updated it. Uh, somebody just who barred the numbers there. Um, I don't think there's anything else in the not in the stuff. errata portions. Nope. Anyway, no. they they you know, and I think that moves us into the actual FAQ part, which they did. They did a rather thorough job on this. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that we need to go through every single F thing in here. I, I mean, the only other thing that I take took away from this whole thing that wasn't like, oh, this totally makes sense, this is perfect, is the the Japanese national role. I, I think that was the other big one. I don't know if I didn't I didn't pay attention to the to the internet regarding this, whether or not people were freaked out about it or pissed off about it. But it seems like the, the Japanese players are either quiet or there's not a lot of them because I really didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, I didn't see anyone freak out over it. But I mean, obviously we had a vested interest because in Dale was just shutting our pins like no man business <laughs> and running his dudes down our throat. Thanks, Dale. Uh, I think, I we think miss you. I hope Japanese you're enjoying your vacation. Was, yeah. 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 By the way, Dale's on vacation. That's why we have Jesse with us, and he's with us for another reason as well. We'll get into it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was just kind of a common sense move. I think they chose that Right. They knew. I think we all knew this was coming. I think even the Japanese players knew this was coming. They're like, "This is too good. We it, we can play it out for as long as we can until they drop the fact, and then we got to just accept the fact that it's not going to be what it was." So, right. Thankfully, it we we can all agree. I think this is still pretty good for the Japanese. I don't think it's going to. I don't think they're going to. Their hearts aren't going to be broken because they still get to shed a pin, and they're still passing the test on double ones, even though they don't get to take the extra pins off. They're still always passing but they just get to take the one pin off. It doesn't really make a difference to them because they don't care about the pins. They just want to keep moving forward. And then once they get to combat, they don't care anymore. It's kind of the way that, that that's supposed to work. So 
kind of the way the army actually like fought too. I will make a difference if uh, you were using previously. If you were using the rule to advance your guys into better positions and then try to shoot at somebody, it makes a huge difference because you're not shedding all those pins in the meantime. But if your True. goal is to get to close combat with your fanatics, which frankly it should be, yeah, I don't think you're going to see too much of a difference here either. No, especially since pins don't have any effect in actually doing damage in close combat. So that was, I think that was the main one that was kind of uh, near and dear to our hearts, we'll just say. Well, and the next one that's going to be near and dear to our hearts is we have to talk about the Gurkhas and the Tough Fighter interaction. Oh, yeah. Can we, can we touch on the weapons team clarifications? Because I think yeah, the Gurkhas is going to be kind of a long one. Sure, fair enough. Um, so they did actually in the FAQ say that you can actually assault with your weapons team crew. I guess it never occurred oh. to me to do that, and there has been. Well, let, let me tell you, I, I did have a game where I wanted to, and my opponent said no. That I don't think weapon teams can do that, and I'm like, I don't think it doesn't say they was can't. That I think that was me. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay, good. It was it was you who's on vacation. Uh, you know, he doesn't care. He's drinking a cocktail right now. Hey, cheers, mate. So, but yeah, they can. They absolutely can. There's no reason. Nothing. In fact, they say they can. So that's kind of cool. There's absolutely nothing stopping them from assaulting. And then that's if awesome. they and then if they get their consolidation move, they can you know reman their gun. Obviously, if they do, if they move too far and don't get don't reconsolidate, they have to reman their gun on a later turn. So I thought that was very cool. Meh, no big deal. That's I mean it's nice if you want to get them. If if you had so here here's I think and this was a while ago, but I think this was a scenario where basically he had a unit that I knew well obviously he was going to bonsai charge my weapons team. But it was a unit of veterans, and they were down to, like, one or two guys. And I had, like, a four-man team, uh, heavy howitzer, medium howitzer, or something like that. And charger B-charge is a world of difference when you're dealing with the Japanese. So I wanted to charge out because they're, you know, like, two inches away. I mean, he came in, and the, the combat actually went out where I did. I ended up doing one. He did none, and I'm like, woohoo! And I'm like, oh, crap, the fanatics, they keep fighting. And next round, they blew up my weapons team. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That was sad. Yeah. Don't you that, hate when that, you win, that, but that you still lose? <laughs> I, I'm guessing that they were within six inches of your... Yes. Yeah, they were. it was like three inches. They were really close. So I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get that the, the fire reaction at all. Is it bad that all I can think of is like the crew of an 88? They like could take on a whole unit. There's what, six or seven? Seven of them? Seven of them. Yeah. Be, uh, hey, you know what? Gross. Well... Maybe maybe uh, we won't let Dave know about that. He'll stumble that across himself, I guess. He might listen. I don't know if he does or not, but he might find out. So the other thing with uh, which this this I never even thought we were playing it wrong, but everybody in the sun was playing this wrong, is that the weapon teams that get redu- reduced down to two men are no longer or aren't I shouldn't say no longer never were don't get the benefit of the small team to hit modifier, cut and dry. Basically, any anything that also has a, a gun model with it doesn't get that rule. So your HMGs, your mortar teams that get down to two guys are not small targets anymore, or never so were. Do they get to be small targets with one model and the nope. gun? Never. No, they never, if, ever. If there is a gun model, it does not get the rule. Interesting. Okay, so like a mortar doesn't, none of those things do. Correct. Machine gun teams, mortars of any size, uh, even the howitzers when they get down to the two men, they're not small teams. So I thought that was... Interesting, and I had no idea that it even could have been wrong because I had seen everybody play it that way, and yeah, even some people like it that way. like giving you the well, you know, when your guy's dead, good news is now they're a small team. I won't be able to hit them as easy next time. Yeah, thanks a lot, but yeah. not the case. Yeah, that's not the case. 
The other nice clarification that I wasn't sure about and hadn't really dealt with, even though I should have, given the number of artillery barrages I had, were the cover. Um, when exactly do units have to go down against airstrikes or artillery barrages? And it turns out it's as soon as they're determined to have been hit. So before you're rolling any hits or effects on that team is when you have to decide to go down. So like artillery barrage, once they're determined to be within that 6 plus D6 inches is when that unit has to decide if it's going down to have the hits. Now mind you, it's only a 1 in 6 chance that they're actually getting the 4-inch HE template. So it's kind of a gamble on their end because otherwise it's just D3 pins. Same thing with the airstrike. As soon as they're found out to be in range or the target of the airstrike is when they have to determine if they're going down. So if it gets an That's, HE yeah. hit, you know, it has to it, it has to have them. Rather than finding out it's how many? Eight? Okay, well I'll go down to make it four. No, you gotta you gotta choose that first. Right. I like that clarification. Yeah, I, I don't know anyone that play I mean, I guess I've seen people play it the other way before, but that that's the only way that makes sense to me is that you have to do that before they actually try and do the math on it. Well, especially for the artillery strikes, because it is only a one in six chance that you're gonna take the four inch template. It's a pretty big gamble, you know, oh, to wait till you see you hit it? Oh, no, I want to go down. Well, it was only one in six chance. If nothing else, if I didn't only one pin with that artillery strike, at least I forced a unit down for at least a turn. Right, yeah. I, it doesn't make sense to be able to find out the result. They, I mean, nobody on the ground would be able to say, look up and be like, oh, it's that kind of bummer. It's that, no big deal. Right. right. It doesn't work that way. They, they're going to they're gonna die for the ground if they want. If they're going to die for the ground, they're going to die for the ground. It's just the way it goes. So one more of those, well, we said it before, we'll say it again, one more nice common sense that's just spelt out for us. Right, now you don't have to ever argue it in a game or, you know, like have a discussion. Well, you can, you just have to open the FAQ form. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Now you can be like, hey, dude, Warlord figured it out for us. Don't worry about this. One All thing right, I... Well, yeah, right, sure. You want, no, I was going to say one thing I've found is that, especially in the team tournaments and just, you know, watching some of the others, there's always those, you know, it always seems the team, there's most cases there's one person really knows the rules, and their buddy, who they drug along to the thing. I saw I that a Jeff, couple... I think Jeff dragged me along to this thing. Jesse and I are still going back and forth as a who drug who, so... <laughs> <laughs> had to drag you out of bed, that's for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> All right. Uh, so th- we'll go into the last thing, because I, d- I don't want to try and make this take forever, because this is... I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. Uh, before... But it, it, it is opening a can of worms that I think they didn't intend... So we need to we need to talk about Tough Fighter and um, uh, the the Gurkhas is basically where I'm going here. They're still gross. Well, yeah, and mine are still not painted, so you guys don't have to worry yeah. about it too bad. I apologize for not while. for not having them on the table for you guys to uh, experience the full dirtiness that is them. I'm pretty sure I've taken them, or you've taken them against me. I put them on the table once back when we first started, and you know I, w- I didn't have anything painted, and we were just trying to get a feel for the rules. I, yeah, you, yeah, they didn't go over very well with you. Well, actually, they went over just fine. They rolled right <laughs> over them, perfectly fine. I yeah, you're still playing Soviets at low point level. You're still going to be doing okay either way. Yes, would be a good match for each other. Well, we were pretty pretty decent. I believe that was an SMG squad that they just kind of just steamrolled over without worry. So the big thing that makes Gurkhas terrifying is they have a rule called Scary Blighters. And in essence, it has the amount of melee attacks, close co- close combat attacks coming at them yeah, in close combat. Anybody. Sorry, hangover from the old Dungeons & Dragons days. But 
it's a dirty rule. It's awesome. It's fantastic. And it doesn't actually cancel Tough Fighter like some people think it thought it did in, in first edition. Now that they've changed the Tough Fighter rules in second edition to you have to have a successful hit and then you get to roll an additional one, Tough Fighter changed a little bit. And it, I like that they addressed this. And it, one of those things that if you think it through, it's kind of what makes sense. So another rule they, they talk about in the FAQ is another national rule for the British Army, which is um, tough as boots, which is very similar to the rapid fire rule. It just applies to close combat. For every three men fighting that close combat, they will get an additional attack dice. Good army rule. Uh, if you're if you're playing Gurkhas and Chindits, yes, it's it's probably the most popular rule taken, right next to Up and Adam, which allows you to automatically pass your order test when charging. Right, it's essentially the Japanese, the same as Bonsai, essentially. Yeah, except for it actually doesn't say you get the result of double ones. It only says, right. it says you, pass you get... Your, or you pass your you, check. You pass in whatever result you needed to pass. So if you're a veteran and had eight pins, you needed double ones. I suppose technically you can interpret that as you rolled double ones. But Yeah, that's not how they're saying it anymore, though. It's no. not the same as rolling double ones. No, it's is not. What they're, what, is what they're saying in fact, which makes a lot of sense. You don't get but, the reward for not rolling dice. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can either roll the dice or you can take the results of having passed it without actually having to roll dice, which is still good. So um, what other questions do you guys have on dealing with these Gurkhas? Well, so no, so basically it says is that one of the big things that it, it does say is that you can roll your dice and it doesn't. So, okay, so you have three SMGs in the unit. You you don't have to – I'm trying to I, remember how this worked. It's kind of confusing in the sense that, like, you don't have to – predetermine which one the SMGs are before you roll at this point against Gurkhas. Yeah, what they're saying, yeah. Yes, they're saying, so you you take all of your attacks, so you have ten guys, only five of them are attacking, but you still had three SMGs in the unit. So so if you roll four successes, only three of them can be re-rolled. If you roll one success, one of them can be re-rolled. They're saying up to the number of SMGs in the unit. Now... The the tricky part is, is you don't have to separate those three SMGs Correct. And you don't have to separate. roll them separate. You, you could roll. You could you, out of five out of five dice. You could successfully roll three dice. Pick up those three and be like, "These are SMG shots." Then and then roll them again, which is boggles think, my brain because this is where it I, gets into the question part. Go ahead. I think that was. I think that's a speed thing. I think that was meant to pick up the game, and I I haven't gone back and read through the close quarter, the close combat section again. If they actually specify that you have to roll anything with tough fighters separately. When, uh, did you read it, Jesse? Yeah, both Dave and I actually looked it up uh, bef- since it came up during our game. Um, and it says to actually allocate as per shooting. Okay, so that would be the case. So this would be in contradiction to that rule, which is kind of a unique situation. And that's where we were. I was getting confused. I'm like, wait, have we been playing this wrong the whole time? Because it doesn't make sense that they get to do this one way and we get to do it another way. You do it the other way every other time, except for when you're fighting Gurkha. It, Apparently it's, it's just a scary blighter thing. Okay, yeah. it's just the scary blighter rule. I just wanted to make sure, because that was where I was getting a little bit, like, I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Because, like, that changes, that would have changed how you build those units. You wouldn't necessarily take SMGs for every model then, Correct. just based on statistics. Correct. Unless you're playing Russians. <laughs> but even then, you wouldn't necessarily be like, I'm going to take 7 out of 10 instead of instead of 10 out of 10, still save you 9 points or 10 Actually, points. Actually, I, I think it's 11 out of 11. Well, there's a squad of 12. Oh, sorry, 12 out of 12. Right, but if you're playing statistics, if you didn't have to do that, if you didn't have to designate right. before you roll, then you would change your results. It sure. would make 
taking an LMG with the unit a lot more um, desirable than just to load up with all, every man with an SMG. You could take, you know, I don't, you could take nine guys with SMGs and then one guy with a LMG, and then you get the nice long-range combat of the LMG. Then once you get into close combat, you kind of get to self-separate those SMGs. Well, and I, I think they did this against the Gurkhas just to, you know, you're already having to math ahead of time, and I think they just did it for sake of speed. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, no, it seems I also, more like. I also don't know that. It, go, go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. It seems more like it's a, like you said, a speed thing plus a little bit of a nerf to their scary blighters because they are really good in combat. It's just a little bit. They're just now they're a little bit less. I just figured as a you know in the as, as a boost to the tough fighter. I mean, obviously he's a tough fighter. He's coming in. He's not worried about the scary blighters. If anyone's going to hit, of course it's going to be him. Yeah, I mean that's that's also a good way to look at it as well. Yeah, I guess that's as, as good as it's going to get. It's it is nerfing that rule just a little bit. I don't think it's changing the odds that much. Or not enough. Gurkhas are still are still veterans. So yeah, you're good still going to take. A, yeah, you're still going to take a bunch of them if you can. So it doesn't really. I don't know that it really changes anything. So I I'm not worried about. it. I just thought it was an interesting read, and I was like I was questioning how it played with other tough fighter units. I was a little bit scared for a second there, but I'm I'm kind of happy that that it seems like that's not the case. Hopefully, it's not. They're still they're still going to just tear you a new one. So right, well, right, Gurkhas are no matter what, but they're spendy. Yeah, but no, they're fun. It, you're you're paying for them. Yep, that's cool. No, there's nothing wrong with that. One well, the right. other little side note in the armies of Britain that dearly affected my game is that the. They clarified the 25-pounder model, which does come with that little wheel disc as a turntable. They are not classifying that as a turntable. They're referring to, like, the large AA guns that have the big rotating platforms with gears and who's it nannies as the actual platform. So no more advance for free spinning that gun. No more 360-degree range on the 25-pounder for the Brits. Which Sorry. is funny because I chaps. think you may have, pre, uh, pre, or, uh, you may have assembled it incorrectly. If I remember correctly, uh, yeah. At I, first, I, I had the wheel, I had the turning wheel in the wrong spot because I really didn't know what I was doing. And thankfully, we have a, a Jeff in our, our group who can point out those <laughs> kind of errors before I get to a tournament. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. Anytime. I think somebody pointed at something out about that while we were at Acon as well. That it like necessarily wasn't necessarily a standard turntable. It was something unique about it. If that was, if that's the one we were talking about, I can't remember if that's the one we were talking about. It was. About. It's unique to the to the British twenty five pounder, and what it is, and Jeff can probably speak to it better than I can. But from research I've seen, is that it's just this big wheel that has that basically bolts into the ground, and then they rock the twenty five pounder back on it. So it just so it has a flat, smooth surface for it to spin on, but it does take the whole crew to spin it. And then when they go to move the unit. They rock it forward off this thing, and then they retract this thing back up under the chassis and move it to its new location, drop it down, rock it back up under this big metal disc. It essentially just gives them a smooth surface to rotate on. They still have to exert force and whatnot, and I think they, they even specified that it took most of the crew to still rotate the gun, which is what the turntable rule was contradicting, is that it doesn't take the entire crew to rotate the thing. It just takes a guy or something. Right. There's, like, one guy that can spin the whole damn thing. But nonetheless, okay. it's... Something I'm going to have to grip with the loss of. It's not as heart-filled as what the Japanese rule did, but it, it does affect my gameplay, and I'm I'm glad to be playing it correctly. I don't think the Japanese are all that sad right now. I'm just going to point that out. Saki so. will do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I mean, we'll 
maybe we'll talk about that next because we got we got some listener feedback. We actually in episode two we talked about uh, a Japanese list that appeared at LVO that we called filthy. He the 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 person that played that list may have took offense to it a little bit by us calling it filthy. Um, I apologize if you took offense to it. I don't want to say that filthy is necessarily a bad word. Let's not put it out there that it's a bad word. Um, personally, I think, this, I think we covered, we're kind of talking about this in the min-maxing. Was that kind of where it came in? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, we were talking about how, how one, of our, one, of our, one of my friends or our friends, depending on who you ask, whether or not John's your friend or not, had to face this army, and it, and it, and it was a bit, it, it looked hard. <laughs> I'm not going to say filthy again. Um, because I think not, not saying I, filthy says filthy. Right, exactly. I just said it again. There you so, go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna step back a little bit and apologize for calling you filthy. Um, it is totally legal for you to play that list. Uh, this person reached out to us and said that you know, hey, what what about this list? Uh, did you did you guys think um, was was bad? And I don't know that we'll say that it's bad. You, you're more than as we've all as, as Pat's pointed out before in other games or in the, even in this game. If you're able to take it within your army book, you're more than welcome to take it. I think that's where, where a lot of people get hung up on this. You can take it if you want. I don't know that anyone's making friends with that list. I think that's really the tricky part. And I think that goes to more of what Dale often talks about in developing the sportsman, the soft score of sportsmanship is, is it your job to come down and just ruffle stomp your opponent or is it your, good, is it your job to give your opponent a good tough game? And a list like that that just overwhelms might make someone feel a little bitter towards the game and not, you know, walk away with a bad taste in their mouth, so to speak. Let's not use the word filthy. Well, it's a hard list, absolutely. It's a very hard list. It requires a specific counter that isn't in a very generic uh, build for anyone. So I think that's what makes it a very difficult list to play against is that it takes a very specific counter, and that's not in a common build, at least in the common meta that I'm seeing out in the community at this point. I mean, to go into, if I, if I knew I was facing a, a list like that, I would absolutely have things off the top of my head. I can't think of them, but certainly you, you would do that differently than if you knew you were facing, you know, four squads, probably a tank, maybe an armored car, some transport, stuff like that. Right. You, you would build your list a little differently, and that list would just fall to the teeth of that particular list because it's, it's a dr- hard-driving infantry, solid fanatics that are just going to do awesome in close combat. Not, not Gurkha awesome, but certainly awesome. You could say uh, skew versus uh, balance is probably a better wording. I, I know that that, was, that is used quite a bit in Warma Hordes. Yeah. He's skewing towards infantry. That's fine. Yeah, and I actually was thinking the same thing. Is that is, I was actually thinking the same word was skew. It is definitely a skew uh, list in general. I think it's more than that, though. I think it's there's something to be said about the fact that he chose Japanese with this list. I think you could have chosen to take any other army and do this with, but part of it is the fact that he's taking most advantage of the rules given to that national army as well. So Banzai and the fanatic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's taking advantage of all of the special rules that are given to him to the furthest extent that he's possible to do within this within the realm of this tournament. So again. More more power to you if that's what you want to do. Don't feel like you're don't feel like you, you you shouldn't take it. If you want to take it, great. You're going to get hit on soft scores for a list like this, and I think that should be that should be clear. I mean, if you can't if you can't see that when you're playing a list like this or choosing a list like this, then then you need to like take a look at it a little bit harder because I think if you are if 
if this person was upset that they didn't maybe get soft scores that they were expecting, um, they, they should totally understand that they should not be getting great soft scores because I think um, this list isn't making any friends. You're not trying to win. You're trying to win. At, I won't even say at all costs, but you're trying to, you're being very heavily competitive over historic. And I think that's a hard place to be when it comes to a game where a lot of players are trying to make their armies as, as flavorful and as historic as possible to whatever they are. I think that's a, that's a, a very uh, obvious reason for me in this list that it, it doesn't, it, it, it'll, <laughs> you're going to be beating on a, people, a bunch of people that are trying to play a historical game and you're basically taking the most ultra-competitive list where a lot of people aren't. They could probably build a more competitive list, but they're not. Not, not to say that whatever elements he took, he couldn't have researched and found. I'm sure they did that at some point. You know, I'm sure that was a tactic that they used towards probably towards the end of the war when ammo was short. I mean, we, you know, you touched on, you talked about soft score, hard score, and, and we could do probably an entire podcast episode about differences and how to score those. But just to clarify that the hard score is the results of your battle, what you get from that. Soft scores are, you know, things like how was your painting, your theme, your sportsmanship, just to, just to touch on those briefly. I know Dale has spoken to lengths of those before, and he really understands how to drive to those, but I just wanted to edify that or clarify that just because just you threw it out there a couple of times, Rick. Yeah, I apologize that if you don't know what soft scores are. Um, yeah, we, we use I, a lot of jargon build, around here. <laughs> we're we're long-time tournament uh, veterans. We may be new to bolt action, but we've been around the block a few times for tournament play. Um, and that being said, we will probably have episodes in the future that talk about soft scores because I think they're important and I think people maybe take them for granted. And, and for, maybe that's and for part sure, of what... For sure, actually, you know, seeing them, and uh, we're still seeing the tournament system build, and, you know, just from, just the turnout from last year, I caught an interview that the LRG GG2 group had done with uh, Jeremy just before Adepticon, and he had actually said, you know, wow, you know, just the difference. Last year, he couldn't fill out the teams. This year, he had a waiting list. So just, in, you know, same, he had the same thing that went on with the, the Nationals, is he had a waiting list, and... Last year, that, that wasn't the case. It was tough to get people to go, and now I just see how much this game is really just blown up and how many more people have jumped on board I think is really cool. So I think, I think we're still seeing a lot of development in what's going to happen in the tournament. And certainly, let's, let's put a... Sorry for going on the tangent, but let's uh, put a pin in that, and maybe we'll fish that for a topic for soft scores and tournament builds yeah, and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah, and you might be able to thank another major European... Uh, games manufacturer for an influx of bolt action players on top of them getting a new edition, which actually helps things a lot. Um, um, I'm going to make sure that we get all through all of his questions. Uh, so do you consider that some lists shouldn't be tried at tournaments? Illegal Does ones. Anyone... <laughs> illegal ones. <laughs> Don't try Otherwise, illegal ones. I think, we, I think we've kind of answered that question saying, no, you can bring whatever list you want. Feel free. Doesn't mean you're going to make any friends and you're going to make anyone happy. Uh, what are the boundaries that should be respected? I think that's that's his next question in here is basically saying what are what are the boundaries that should be respected? Uh, I guess I'm not understanding. Is he talking about like a contract between you and your opponent, or it kind of seems that way? Uh, I guess I would have to kind of say it's it's up to you to make that. Um, before you go to a tournament, you need to kind of sit down and you know, as Dale says decide what what you're going to the tournament for. Are you going to try and get painting awards or are you trying to win it all? And if you're trying to win it all, you might not be you might be more going to take more of the 
um, better options out of your rule book, army book, than someone who's going there to try and get like the best historical, most historically accurate list. Okay. I, I kind of agree with that. So I, I think we could answer that question by saying your boundaries would depend on what your, what your goal is of the tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can all say by looking at your list, you are going to try and win it all. Yeah. You're trying to win the best general. You're not trying to win sports. You're not trying to win. Uh, you, you maybe arguably could win best painted. That's that's not outside of the realm. But you're you're definitely not as worried about your soft scores like we've already said. Soft scores are your non battle points. Definitely. I, I think uh, he, I think he did win, didn't he? Uh, he won something. I can't remember what he won. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't go into a conversation with this particular person because we were uh, I, I I felt bad that I I may have offended him by what we said. Um, so I, as a Minnesotan, ran away from it as far as I could. Shockingly enough, actually, um, I would like to see. I'd like to see pictures because I don't. Uh, if he could, you know, if he happens to listen to some Senescope pictures, could be kind of curious to see what the theme of the army was. Because yeah, if he if he, he rolled with the whole theme thing, then you know, hey, whatever, that's great. Yeah, good job. I saw a picture. I and I will say I saw some pictures of it, and I actually would say that it is it is pretty well painted. It looks great. Um, you know, it, it it's no. It's not a slouch. It, it looked great. He painted it all. He put the time and effort in. Good for him. Still wouldn't want to play it. So that brings the next question. What makes a list fun to play against? Can, well, I, and I think... Can I to, in, interrupt a little bit? Um, yeah. I guess for me, I expect my opponent to bring everything, but the, including the kitchen sink. So for me, having a tough... Whether it's you know one of the most difficult lists I can possibly can just to uh, try and think of a way of overcoming that is is kind of fun for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And that explains you so much, Jesse, just pointing that out. <laughs> the hard drive-at-home one-trick pony is, is kind of what Jesse's forte is. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. But that's okay. That there, I think it, it takes every type to make a game work. I'm not saying that... Would you, I like to, you know, what I like to see an opponent bring is... Units and uh, items that he is familiar playing with. Nothing's more painful than having to rules flip during a game. I mean, know what you, you obviously know what you're putting on the table. If it if it's a type of unit or a piece of equipment that has a special rule to it, please know it, and, and know it with infection, and even probably have the page number of the rule or rules that apply to it written down. Even go so far as to maybe copy that section and hand it to your opponent ahead of time if it's not a common thing. Like I, for example, if I brought Gurkhas, which I hear is just dirty to do in a tournament, would probably have that FAQ section ready for anyone to look at. I know back in other games I've played, I, I had some very specific pieces of equipment that had special rules to them. I'm, I'm talking about the Empire Steam Tank back in the days that I actually had a, a laminated. I think they had too many rules. I had a laminated card. That before every game, I always handed to my opponent and said, here's the Steam Tank rules, just so you're familiar with them. I think, as far as tournament and list building, know what you have, know how it plays, so you don't slow down the game flow, because it's so tough to complete a game in these tournaments when they cap them at two, two and a half hours, that you can't have the holdup of flipping through rules, going, uh, you know, wait, 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 47's got something. No, no, 47 says C96. Not to mention that there's not an index, but... It really slows things down. So just know what your army can do and what your army's rules are is what I would say. That's that's a good boundary to respect in a game is that you should know what your stuff is. And that, I mean, that's hard to, that's that that's not necessarily completely on a list. That's kind of on the player to understand what they're playing with. So I'm not worried about that one. Um, 
So let's go back to the question. What makes a fun fun a list fun to play against? I, I think let's look at it this way. I I will make a list and I will say flip it around and say, Do I want to face this list? If I if I put that list down on the table and went, Oh my god, I would never want to play against this, I might reconsider making that list. But again, that's my personal perspective on it. I don't think anyone has to say that that's that's true. And I think other people, like Jesse just pointed out, will find different things fun than others. I, I, I don't necessarily find the double SMG squad that come out of trucks to be as super fun as, as he might. They're fun if they're on your team. Right. That's kind of the point is if you have them, it's totally fun. But yeah. if you don't, and it's not totally fun. Yeah, I had that the week before when actually Jesse put those against me. And he actually said, hey, you're going to enjoy this next week at the tournament when they're on your side. It turns out it did. <laughs> and, and that works it's part of the game so i think at the end of the day i'm glad this player brought this list i'm sorry if we offended you i don't think we we did not intentionally offend you um you know your list is is pretty strong uh as obviously you competed just fine in the in the tournament i think there's that's that's kind of what we're getting at and where we're going with it is basically saying is good job for you um, I wouldn't want to play against it. I probably would lose playing against it. There's not much of a competitive advantage for me to play against it or any of us to play against it. So it is what it is. I don't know if Jeff fell asleep or if he if he's dealing with his dog. Is he there? Is he alive? I'm here. I'm alive. Sorry. Okay. Now, you haven't chimed in on this topic at all. So either we've done a good job covering it or or we, or we you've just been, like, biting your lips. He's been ready to rage quit on us. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, I was thinking. Is, I haven't is, rage quitted yet. I'll, I'll throw in a different perspective here, if you'll indulge me for a minute or two. Um, the, the mindset of a competitive game, I mean, if you think about it in terms of a sport, I mean, if we went to play a basketball game, you don't leave your best player on the bench the whole game. You put him in to play the game because you're trying to win. That being said, you don't want to dunk on a guy and then get in his face and talk smack at him either. And certain lists, that kind of feels like what you're doing uh, when you take <laughs> all the really hard units and you – you have one thing your army can do, and that's it. And so it, it gets back to the point, would you want to play against that list again? And that's when we use the word filthy. That's kind of what at least I'm getting at. I'll see an army on the table and be like, I'm going to play this game. I'll, I, I understand what Jesse's saying. I'll try my best to overcome what you have on this list. But this is kind of gross. It's, it's not fun to play against. Um, and so that's kind of what I get at when I say filthy on a list. I mean, it's not if it's not balanced. If you if you're absolutely going to get rocked if you don't. For instance, let's take this Japanese list here. If his opponent and he runs into the guy running uh, a tank platoon of five of those Stuarts with five MMGs each, who's going to win that game? I don't think it's going to be the Japanese player. So you know the rock paper probably scissors, not the rock <laughs> no, paper scissors not. structure uh, and bringing lists that specifically do only one thing and and aren't balanced isn't something that I, I frankly like to see. I like to see a more historical flavor where you bring combined arms because that also makes for a better and more enjoyable game for everybody. Yeah, I think I know for certain that this particular tournament also didn't allow tank platoons. So that would actually make a difference as well as far as like... And that's knowing... one of the tough things because they, they tried when they did tank wars. I, I don't know if it was something I had read somewhere on their website or it might be the tank wars book itself where they actually said that this is supposed to be on par with the same points in a regular bolt-action game. Right. Well, and that's I think kind that's of the why, thing. yeah. You're letting certain metas, you, you're, like, like we said, we're, we're talking about uh, a skew list, but we're not allowing other skew lists, so it almost makes that one skew list. 
think a company tried because, to do that in the past and it didn't work out for them in the long yeah, run. Yeah, 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 kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like, but so basically, you're saying rock and paper are okay, but scissors are not okay. What about Liz- what about lizard Spock? Sure, if you want to play lizard Spock, if we have five, I don't know if there's five skews in bolt action, but given that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're basically saying one skew is not allowed, which makes the other two all that much more powerful because you're like, okay, I know that mine can't get beat because the scissors are gone. I can write a list that basically says I can beat all of the papers and never have to worry about the the scissors. Wow, that's a really, like, that probably got way more over people's heads than I, than I needed it to be. But, All right, deep, man. Deep. <laughs> deep. Deep. Yeah, we're getting deep Ooh. at uh, 55 minutes in. But it's pretty All accurate. Right. But it's pretty accurate. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, I, I don't know if people are understanding what I'm saying, but basically you're saying I can ignore this skew because this skew doesn't exist. And, it can, and that's the skew that defeats me. Right, and that's the skew that defeats me. So I can bring a list that will beat everybody else's skew or the meta in general because I don't have to worry about the other skew. And I think that's part of what may be playing into this is basically saying is like, I don't have to worry about anything because I'm beating the thing that everybody else brings. So I don't know. I don't know what that means as far as boundaries or, or fun to play against. I don't think I'd have fun playing against it just because I'm playing a fairly standard meta and I'm trying to bring a balanced list. And this list was clearly not as balanced. Also just consider and, this as four guys opinions too. Yeah, true. And yeah. don't, don't, don't feel offended by us saying that it, we thought it was filthy. No, and I, I'll throw in one comment on the on the exact opposite side of this coin too. Is as someone who runs fluffy bunny lists that try to be very historical, um, you don't really get rewarded for that in this game. <laughs> Clearly, at all. Clearly, that doesn't I mean, you get, get rewarded. You get your face stomped in, and you, another, you get and your another, fluffy bunny tail sent back. Right, to you. and then the other guy's like, "Oh, good, jo- good, good job bringing a light howitzer instead of a free medium howitzer. That was really cool of you." As I'm ripping your face off, it's like, thanks, buddy. Yeah. That, that you're special all... in a special way. Yeah, you're special, all right. That's for sure. <laughs> this is kind of what they're thinking. They're just chuckling in their head. They're going, "You're such a. You'll you'll eventually get to the heavy. Don't worry, you'll eventually get there. You're just not there yet." I, I will add in. I've I've been called pretty filthy by you for quite quite a, in quite a few games and in quite a few different systems. So, don't feel too bad about what you're running. You know, just understand see i'm i'm glad we brought jesse on because i call him filthy all the time and not just because he doesn't shower <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's the beard <laughs> it's the beard yeah no, i can't talk no about offense. his beard i think my beard's bigger no offense there rick but only one of us ever really made i've well, only one of the two of you ever made a mess on the bathroom floor here so <laughs> by mess he means throw up not poop rick is potty trained i promise <laughs> Most of the time. Anyway, oh, yeah. all right, we're going to, speaking of potty training, we're going to take a short break and then we'll come back and talk about Akon since that's where that's alluding to. Anyway, uh, we'll be back in three minutes. You quite a while and I would like to state the life is simply wonderful. The army food is great. I sleep with 97 others in a wooden hut. I love them all. They all love me. It's very lovely, but... Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I'd love to remain in bed. For the hardest blow of all is to hear the bugler call. You gotta get up, you gotta get up, you gotta get up this morning. Someday I'm going to murder the bugler. Someday they're going to find him dead. I'll amputate his reveille and step upon it heavily and spend the rest of my life in bed. Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I love to remain. 
The guy who wakes the bugler up and spends the rest of my life in bed. All right, welcome back, everyone. So now we're going to go into our Acon coverage, or so Adepticon coverage, for those that are not familiar with it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to someone here because he this is his first time going, and I think it's important that we get kind of a fresh pair of eyes. We've several of us have, are veterans of Adepticon, and I think. Uh, we may forget some of the kind of cool aspects of it. So, Jeff, why don't you give us a rundown of what you think Akon is? This is your this is your first time going, and so what did you think about it? Well, it's freaking amazing. I mean, let's start with that first off. You know, I mean, this is a it's in Chicago for those of you that don't know, or I guess just outside Chicago, um, at a convention center. It's multiple game companies have multiple games and tournaments going on. Plus, there's an entire vendor hall with all manner of shops. Uh, both big and small companies there saw, selling their uh, their wares, and it's a collection of nerds and rogues and everything else you can possibly think of. It's it's almost overwhelming when you first see it, just for sheer scope and size. The biggest collection of bald men and neckbeards in American society. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> but mostly Careful, everybody. Pat, we don't want to offend anyone else. Mostly everybody there is pretty. Oh, cool, those people can't be like, offended. Except for like Fair Pat. Enough. Yeah, except for Pat. Everyone else there is really cool. Ouch. Um, Ooh, burn. No, it's it's super awesome. Like the vendor hall had all kinds of crazy stuff and things you normally only can find online. There's there's companies there that make miniatures that you can, you know, you can special order, I guess. But to actually be able to look at them and pick them up and you know see them, and hold them in your hand and see that yes, indeed, these are excellent miniatures. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, everything about it is just freaking amazing. So uh, and, and no offense to the hotel system because I know it's Chicago, but the uh, food prices are also freaking amazing. So plan accordingly. Yeah, that that vendor hall, a man could go broken there very quickly. I think we all like. Did. I've always said it's our biggest and most expensive shopping trip of the year. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, no doubt. Now, how I, much? I, how I much you spend? Pretty well. Well, I lost my entire Saturday of shopping, so I got out under a hundred bucks. But I could have easily oh, spent a thousand dollars in there if I if I had a thousand dollars to spend. <laughs> I, yeah, I think last year the four of us that went, we we added up and we we came out, we pulled out, you know, like thirty five hundred dollars for the product out of the vendor hall. Yeah, yeah. last year was, was pretty fun. pretty bonkers too. La- last, last year was also the buy in for bolt action. Yes. Yeah, there was a buy in for bolt action, and there was, uh, I, I'm just going to throw out names because it doesn't matter at this point. But uh, Infinity was also big last year, and since that, uh, that was when they were releasing their latest rule set. So we'd all, a lot of us had bought that book, book as well. So, and so there were a lot of things that came out last year that added to our expenses. This year was very much more specific as to how we purchased stuff. Yeah, I think we. Uh, other, other than Jesse, we didn't any. Nobody spent nearly as much money, but Jesse bought like every <laughs> tank known to man. So yeah, I bought I walked, quite a few. I I, I shelled out about uh, four hundred clams this year. So. Jeez. Well, oh. you know, the hundred of course was that was that badger on the way out the door, which I was really, oh, yeah. really grateful I, to grab. I'm fairly envious of you buying that. I wish I had been able to snag that as well. Yeah, and, I just I kind of just overstepped all those people that are piled up, and I'm just like, hey, you got compressors? He's like, I got this one over here, hundred bucks. I'm like, yep, done. And I think yeah. like three other people kind of looked at me with like daggers in their eyes, like that's what I've been standing here for for ten minutes. Step up, no, just say were, something. It didn't work. Yep, there you, you go. You went straight for it. You got what you you knew. You knew what was happening. Sunday afternoons at Adepticon, they sell a bunch of their like model floor 
used equipment because it was used for hobby stuff. Yeah, and, um, and for those that don't know, in addition to just housing these massive, what, like 30 different game systems or something in that ballpark, they also do... Something like that. They do hobby seminars, which they, they bring in a lot of really renowned uh, artists and stuff like that, and they actually teach you different elements of painting, and they go through these two-hour classes... And they range anywhere between like seven bucks and fifty bucks, depending on what you're doing and the equipment that they're going to give you try at the end. Like, try like eighty dollars. Which one of yours was eighty dollars? <laughs> the one with uh, um, Angel from uh, Infinity, the Corvus Belly guy. Oh, with the tag, uh, your tag painting. Yeah, the tag one was like sixty or seventy-two, I think, something like that. Yeah. It was. It was the air, pretty. The airbrushing one I did, which uh, I, you know, there's there's always just a, there's at least one takeaway you can take from the seminars. I mean, obviously everything's not going to really be narrow specific to what your painting style is, but there's always at least one takeaway. And I did an airbrushing seminar that was like 56 and they gave us, you know, a, a, a pack of, of paints from Badger. And they also gave us like a, an airbrush cleaning set too, which is, which is kind of nice. In addition to teaching you the fundamentals of airbrushing, most of which Eric Kettering knew, but then other techniques with the airbrushing, which is kind of cool. So those hobby seminars are nice, but don't expect them to, you know, you come out of them like, oh, I can now paint my entire army the exact way I want to. It's there's, you got you got to pick and choose what elements right. you're taking away from it. Didn't somebody score some minotaur paints out of one of those two? That's that's what uh, Pat got out of his. Yeah, he was, scored okay. some minotaur paints. Is that what I, they were? I, yeah, yeah, those are the badger paints. Yeah, the badger. Those are, okay. those are you got the ghost tints, which are yes. are pretty decent paints. I guess I also scored that uh, that backdrop thing from. Uh, yeah, they had a lot. Of it. They had a lot uh, of table. Um, Table Wars. They had a lot of raffle prizes this year in each, and they, they made yeah. a point of doing that, and they hadn't done that in years past. So I thought that was very cool. It was actually very cool to give a little love to the hobby seminars because I think that's something that people, like you said, maybe don't even know exists there, but um, they do have a lot of really top-notch painters. Like a, a lot of the guys that are that are doing classes are actually in the crystal brush competition there as well. So they're actually competing in the like the the painting competition at this at this giant convention. One of the guys so, that was one of the guys that was actually doing ours was has has actually been a judge for the Golden Demon Award in years yeah. past in like three say, four I years. Had a, I had a, I had a class with a guy that had won probably he said it's, it was somewhere between fifty and hundred Golden Demons, which is insane. Jesus. I know. I, and we didn't get nearly as far as we should have in the class, and I was a little frustrated about that. But it was still a really, uh, really cool class. So, uh, if you haven't been to Adepticon, I would strongly encourage you to go. It's worth the money. I don't think there's anybody that would say that it's not. Oh yeah. The the, the price to admission is not that expensive. I think it was what twenty five dollars this year, thirty dollars this year. That sounds about right. Twenty five sounds to right. get to get in the door. You don't even need to buy that if you're not going to go to anything. But if you're going to go to any of the hobby seminars, you have to buy that. I strongly encourage people to go at least once and give it a try. I, I did check um, with the with the front table, and they said that they had over four thousand attendees yeah. this year. I, I, I was I think I was there with you when that happened because we were both like, I wonder how many people are showing up this year. He goes, hmm, so, let's see. Uh, looks like we went over four thousand this year. Like, holy cow, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's it's seriously totally anybody cool. that's never been to it, budget for it, make you put it in your calendar, make time for it. You want to go at least once. It's yeah, it's you, incredible. You could skip another tournament or another weekend project or whatever you whatever you do to for your hobby stuff, and make it a priority to go at least one year. I think that's not a not a bad thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what we, we only did, did one tournament, and the team tournaments in years past have always been my favorite. And so it was no brainer when they had a bolt action team tournament to jump on and sign in. Oh yeah. 
totally. I would I would agree with that. It, it, they're always fun because, especially in a newer system where we aren't really sure what we're getting into, at least we have someone with us that you know we can hug when we get our rear ends handed to us or high five when we do really awesome things, which I think is kind of cool. Totally forgot to high five someone. It's because you were playing with Jesse. You should have been hanging out with Jeff and I. I bought him some. I bought him some nachos. Yeah, is he that what buy nachos? Okay, that could have been for it. way too much money. Speaking <laughs> of overpriced stuff, that oh, was those, ridiculous. Those were the best nachos ever. It was like Paris prices, but oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good for what it was. I need. I needed something in my stomach. Anyway, so yeah, we got there Thursday. Uh, we. I don't even know what we did. I don't remember Thursday because if you haven't, it, we've been alluding to it this whole time. Rick may have turned off the dad light switch and basically went a little too overboard on drinking that night. Rick always uh, likes to jump in feet first, <laughs> first night, any any tournament we go to. Uh, and it's head he first did. with a snorkel, pal. It's not, there's, <laughs> no, there's no feet first. Anybody seen the movie Constantine, you know, the Keanu Reeves one where the guy runs into the liquor store and just starts grabbing bottles and pouring them in his face? That's, that was Rick. Yeah, Pretty Rick, damn close. Rick, you tried to outdrink me, and that's saying something. Well, I think you may have been helping the problem. Yeah, Pat, you weren't exactly gonna... sober Sally there. So. You no, know, and you were no. definitely not helping me. You were pouring your drinks into my glass, and that was not helping me. That's because you kept emptying them. The floor. Yeah. Well, and, I kept and the crotchety that. old man that told these two monkeys to slow down just got yelled at for not liking fun. So <laughs> I got nicely toasted. Didn't go to, didn't yeah. get nearly as far as either one of you. Yeah, yeah so you the, were in the boring room, Jesse. Sorry. Yeah, you were, you were definitely in the boring room. No offense yeah, to anyone well, you that know, was in your when room. You go out to these things, you're hanging out with the guys, you expect to get a little um, off the rails, so to speak. Yeah, well, and that, and that, and that explains me in a nutshell because I don't get to do that very often, so it happened. The other, <laughs> if you may be following us on Facebook, is we had the whole security snafu in our, like, the snafu world's had a snafu. room. Yeah, we were, that was, that was Friday, that was Thursday night, right? That was that Thursday was night. Time we were there. Yep. Yeah, we were like... What yeah, the hell is going on? That caused Nothing. me to sober up unintentionally, and I didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah, right. Oh, that's right, because, yeah, you couldn't get back into the room to get your cocktails, and right. you got put in the, the really special lounge, and you wouldn't drink a beer. That's right. I forgot. The Arby's man um, look from the photo on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? This yeah. is ridiculous. So We're all thinking it, too. We, so. for, for the first hour, we kept getting our cards reprogrammed because we thought it, it was something with the cards we were putting next to our phone or whatever. Well, it turned out that all of a sudden the security guards card, security guard, if you want to call them security personnel, their cards weren't working the door either. So here's an interesting thing that I never knew. What happens when not even hotel security can get into your room? Well, they have this large metal hanger that they basically fish <laughs> under the door and attempt to flip the little lever from the inside to open it up. They have no means of just, like, taking – I thought they were just going to take the faceplate off and, like, you know, activate the trigger from there or something. But no, apparently... The, like, there's not a key switch or a keyhole right. or anything. Right. This is like, there's, what the hell is going so, on here? So, you know, being a new parent, my first thought was, oh my god, what happened if I left my baby in there, took the monitor, and went down the hall and came back and couldn't get back to my room? My baby's crying, and it took them an hour to get in the door. Uh, <laughs> I, it's funny, because I, I was thinking, like, what if I had a heart attack in there, and they couldn't get to me? Because they... Well, obviously they at different worked. stages in our lives. I know. Well, I'm not that far away from you. I'm just saying, like, that's still, like, it doesn't matter which way you look at it. Like, right. the fact that there isn't an easy access There's no to quick in. Rooms, 
To be fair, I was pretty sure they were going to take a chainsaw and just circle cut out the lock on that well, door. Well, if you, I don't know if any of those other pictures showed up, but I think there was another picture where they did have a crowbar sitting right next to their yes. coat hanger thing. Yes, they, they had the emergency like, crowbar. Oh, okay, like if we need to, like if nothing else works, we're going to basically just pry open this door, which I thought was pretty, which was pretty humorous, but. Yeah, so needless to say, they got it open and they did a whole bunch of work. It took them like two and a half hours to get everything figured out, and basically, none of my keys worked for the rest of the weekend. That's the key point in here. I think Everyone that was else's a separate keys issue. Worked, but my keys never worked. I think Pat was giving me keys that were bum anyway. Uh, yeah, problem, so yeah, that was Thursday. Between floor and door. <laughs> <laughs> between between the key and the what? The between the key and the, the operator. Yeah. Yeah, 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 something like that. I, I remember a distinct conversation between us. Hey Jesse, my phone, my key was next to my phone. I hope it didn't demagnetize my key. I only did that twice. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> twice. It's okay. Twice. It didn't matter what I did. I like literally. There literally were times where I would not put it back. Like I'd go down and get it reprogrammed. Walk back upstairs with it in my hand. It wouldn't touch anything else. And then I would stick it in, and it was still wouldn't work. So I and you I can't and you have a kid out of this. <laughs> Somehow, magically. <laughs> anyway, wow, that went that went a little too blue, maybe for even me. Let's but digress. Yeah. Let's digress. So that was Thursday. Anyway, that's all we have to say. We had some security problems. It was pretty fun. We had we some security some problems. Free, we had some drinking we got some indulgences. Free out of it. Yeah, yeah, we got some stuff out of it. No big yep. deal. They uh, did us right. They you know they took care yep. of the problem. And Pat, they, Pat they, got to keep getting drunk, and I got way too drunk. So we're right. we're good. Clearly, our Thursday night was not hampered. Not too bad. It no. wasn't. It wasn't as awful as we make it out. Jeff got to yell at us. You know, it was outstanding. It was a good time. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Everyone had a good time. Most importantly, we went, we everybody made it to the tournament Friday morning, which is some incredible were, some heads me. were fuzzier than others. I was actually fairly clear headed at that point. Thankfully, oh, I was. Well, that's because you. Yeah, that's because you. Uh, exposed. Yeah, yeah. I took care of things a little more than you did. Yeah, right. But I, I was a little fuzzy, so we got. Yeah, fair so, enough. so let's go into the let's go into the actual the pairing tournament there. The, the, yeah, so so Jeff and I were partners, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Pat and Jesse Pat, were partners. Which is why Jesse's here joining us in Dale's spots. Yeah. And thanks, Jesse. Jesse cool. And, and Jesse's cool. Jesse is cool. And actually, when we when we get further along in our um, our actual Army segment, uh, Jesse is an avid Russian player, and we will probably have him back on for that segment as well, too. Probably. There is kind of a beard limitation on this podcast that there can only be one, so Jesse's going to have to shave before that happens. Uh, I don't think so, Tim. Let's do a blue cheese beard catch-off and see which one of you has to sit out for an episode. Uh, I win. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's because sure you I eat like a fraggle. So, I, mean, yeah, I do. Oh, I eat like a fraggle. That's, that's fair. All right. So, yeah. So, let's go into it. So, we got... We got down there. I don't know. I probably, I probably, I was the last one down there. I think Jeff had gotten down there before me. I think he was still kind of hoping, I, or was still probably worried that I wasn't going to show up. Well, he I was, didn't leave the room till you were awake. But fair point. <laughs> awake and dressed, maybe. But I think he I had at least two or time. three people ready to run back up there to drag your ass down. Yeah, oh, no, I was I'm going sure. personally. Okay. <laughs> you were coming by the short hairs if I had to. But anyway, <laughs> I got a lot. I got a lot of short hairs you could grab. So yeah, fair. So I, so. Go ahead, Pat. So I was going to actually like jump into actually the, the tournament part of it. Were we going to do that yet? Well, it, that would work well, except for you guys played the wrong scenario first round. 
I was going to mention that, that we had alluded to the small hangover factor, and while Jeremy was setting up this nice, lovely thing, you know, we had a tournament pack, which was nice, and I, I didn't grab mine in particular, but I liked the way he handled the, the setup instead of the the normal, you know, grab a dice, deploy, grab a dice, deploy. It was an alternating setup. I think that sped things up a little bit. That was very cool, because yeah. in, these, in these team games, it is so tough to get all of your turns in, and, and I Absolutely. would even say nigh impossible. But I thought that was a really at, nice element that sped things up. Two hours, or was it two and a half, half. rounds? It was two and a half hours. There's, there's still, it's still impossible at 1,600 points for two people, or for the entire army, for your, to get through six turns. Right. There's no flipping way. I don't think anyone got through all of their rounds. Well, and his, and turn, his did, tournament pack was not just on, for ours. on Facebook for us, please. Yeah, if you happen yeah, yeah. to complete all six. but in the Please tournament. let me know if you finished one of your games in the tournament. And, and tell tournament, us your secret so we can also... Well, yeah, I no imagine power. the Combat Patrol probably did okay because he used the same well, tournament pack for all that. He was he, Jeremy was running all of the bolt action at Adepticon. Yeah. Cheers so, to Jeremy for yeah. running that much bolt action in a weekend. Holy cow, that's and, a lot for you to have. And not getting to play at all. Yeah, that's got to be a little, like, I would be a little upset that I didn't get to play. But then again, I know that, that Adepticon does take care of their TOs fairly well. So, you know, he probably it was a, it, it should have been a paid expense weekend, hopefully. Hope so. God, I hope so. He earned it. <laughs> Yeah. So again, he had, he, did. he had a, he had a specific tournament pack, and you know, and what do we usually do when we get a tournament pack? You know, you go through. Okay, here's these rules. Yep, we're familiar with that. Read all those, and you open to the first page, which is typically the first scenario. Which I know he had a whole standard speech about stuff about hey, play this one, and I'm like, Zip, missed that, and sat down. And I'm with three other people who just sat the same briefing I did, and not a one of them questioned me whatsoever. And so we sat down and played Scenario 1. And we start laying objective markers, and it never dawned on us until we're at the end of the game, and everyone's counting the sectors and the points that they have in the sectors, and we're like, what are you doing that for? It, you got, you have a contested one objective, we have two. So what, 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 you know? And then I go, oh, shit, we played the wrong scenario. <laughs> Whatever. It was a draw, so it didn't it didn't actually impact the access versus allies, which is what the tournament was set up for, which is very cool. So I felt I felt bad that we had a draw because Jesse, we really should have had a we should have had a good win on that one. And I, you know, I, I think it was Charlie and Bruce that we played against, and they were Canada. And actually, Bruce was our only non-German opponent the entire tournament. He was playing uh, the Italians, and the scenario we ended up playing was an attacker-defender, and somehow I sent some subterfuge to his mind that let the Italian player want to attack. I think I said something, well, it seems like he, in the briefing he said that the, the, the Axis powers are pressing down, so it sounds like you guys are attacking. They're like, oh, okay. And he had forgotten his, his three six-inch Italian uh, defense positions anyway, so he was okay with that, which worked out well enough for us. Uh, they were great. They were great guys. They were a lot of fun to play with, and actually, they were they're probably our favorite opponents. And and I'll tell you why. And my one highlight of this particular game, then I'll let you, let the rest of you guys go through your highlights of game one. Um, I have an artillery observer because I'm British. They you know get the free guy. And historically, in Jeff's campaign, I've, I've alluded to this that he doesn't really do well. He has a tendency to blow back into his lines so much so that my troops in that campaign are immune to HE impacts. They don't take pins as a result. So I had this. I had a nice position. It comes out, turn two. I roll that D6, and what do I do? I flip that one again. And I'm like, oh, my God. So thank you, version two. 
I'm scattering 3d6 inches, I scatter 8 inches back into a more optimal position, and I drop, uh, I hit um, both all three of his Panzer threes because he is running an armor platoon. I hit a forward observer, a mortar, uh, another another group of, I don't remember because I blew them off the board, behind the, the other two Panzer threes. But I ended up you know, putting pins in a couple units. And on the first Panzer three, I hit that dreaded six, so I'm dropping a four-inch template on it. And his other Panzer three was within four inches, and so was the little platoon group behind it. I eradicated two plans, Panzer threes and a group behind it. And Charlie just kind of sits there and goes, okay, so that just happened. Uh, I don't know what to do the rest of the game. I only have two order dice left. <laughs> so he took it like a champ. And for that, you know, big nod to you, Charlie. I don't. I might have done a little raging myself. It's been known to happen. You would have just put the table. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, and then he points out and he goes, but you missed. <laughs> yeah, that's even the worst part about it is that you actually scattered better. I, I scattered better, better. And so... I'm just like, wow. And so for the rest of the game, it was basically them trying to recover. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the, the podcast that there was, you know, there was two players. There's the guy who is really dependent to the rules and his buddy. And Bruce was a heck of a nice guy. And he, he kind of made an error in the beginning because we, we had a scenario that allowed outflankers. The, sorry, the scenario we played, not the one we should have played. Uh, and he you know, was like, oh, these are in reserve. And then, like, turn two and turn three comes across. And he's not bringing them on. I'm like, what do you, why aren't you bringing reserves in? Oh, no, not yet. I'm like, did you think you were doing outflankers with those? Because you have to specify that to be the game that they're outflanking. And then Charlie kind of slugs Bruce in the shoulder like, why did you say outflanking? And he's like, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm feeling bad enough for hard eradicating Charlie's troops. And I'm like, you know, whatever. Why don't why don't you just roll a D6 and on a 4+, plus, we'll consider him outflanking. Never should have done that in a tournament scenario. And and they ended up getting the outflank, which actually tournament. ultimately well, it's a team tournament. But nonetheless, you know, it, it's you know, I think Dale would je- definitely jump in and say in a tournament you shouldn't allow friendly things to to influence you because he's told me that in the past. But I kind of felt bad because I desecrated this poor guy's army on turn two, top of turn two, and I'm like, well, I'll go ahead. And that actually letting them in actually ended up bringing us to a draw instead of a major victory for Jesse and I. But that was my one Whoops. super highlight. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's still, it was a lot of fun. Those guys were a lot of fun to play with. It was it was a lot of back and forth. Even though his, even though I left the smoldering remains of some Panzer threes, that made me feel pretty happy too. So, what was your highlight in that one, Jesse? Ooh, um, probably the sniper taking out the medium war. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you're they they were like zoning in on my SAS, and I'm like Jesse, this guy's gonna do some nasty stuff to my troops. Can you do anything about it? He's like. Sure. Flip dice. Dead. Okay. Done. He had he had his uh, spotter taken out from the early barrage, the artillery barrage in the beginning. He rolled a lot of sixes on me, so most of my units just didn't have were missing a guy, and he, luckily enough, showed up to the battle and rolled a four to hit that mortar and another four to kill it. Yeah, that was. Like I said, they were. I think they. I think if you hadn't done that, and they did draw the next order after that, because I think they were down to fours on my SAS at that point. So that was. Yeah, it was looking pretty scary for our side. <laughs> yeah, and for those that didn't know, I was running an, an eight-man SAS squad with two Vickers K, and that 
Uh, actually, that the entire tournament, that unit never took any casualties and really just laid waste to almost everything it touched that was, to to quote Jeff, I'll say filthy. I don't know that Jeff is the one that actually said filthy. I know, that's why I said that. <laughs> just make it. I, just <laughs> do, I don't want Jeff to get hate mail at this point. <laughs> for fuck's sake. For, oh, sorry. Uh, I don't call anything either. filthy. I don't know what you're talking about. 133, all right. <laughs> Good luck remembering that. I, yeah, I dropped an F-bomb. That's, that, that, I marked that's... it with a raise of my hand. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. That's not going to help. I got like a bajillion <laughs> of those. All right, so all right. Uh, what did you guys do? For, I, what was the scenario for game one that you guys played? Uh, Aside from the correct know. one. I don't know. I thought it was well, sectors. It wasn't, the one, it wasn't the one that you played. Wasn't it sectors? So I think it was sectors. I think it was sectors. It was sectors. The highlight for me was the fact that our opponent showed up. Yeah. No no offense to Jay and Steve, uh, who were actually the ringers in the tournament. They may or may not have shown up like a half hour late. It was not their they, fault. They got told they were playing like five minutes before the tournament. Right. Was to yeah. They'd be like, hey, basically, apparently somebody dropped out like literally that morning or the night before. And so Jeremy was scrambling to find a, a set of ringers. So he basically talked a couple of the warlord guys into being the ringers for the weekend or for the day. So they were, they were there, but they, they did get told like right before. And there was some other weird thing where one of them got told to be at table one. So he was sitting at table one, waiting for, waiting for the other guy to show up. Well, the three of us were sitting at another table, like literally three rows down on the, on the tables. And he finally figured out, Oh wait, they're sitting right over there. I should probably go say hi, and so yeah, it took forever. So the highlight for my for that whole game was basically the fact that they showed up. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. That we got to play a game was nice. That Rick. What'd you guys play against? What what are Americans? Double Americans. American double Americans. Double America, yeah. huh? Yeah. So we were on the Axis side for all of it. So Jeff and I were running the French American, French, French German, Vichy French. I I always say French, and then Jeff has to correct me because it's important. Because that it's we important. Are, <laughs> Apparently not that important because nobody yeah. questioned us, and our scores say otherwise. Our so. scores suck. No one seemed to care. So. Our, our, theme, our theme score was higher than you, and uh, the Russians and the British never fought a combined force arming the entire war that I'm aware of. Right. That's yeah. kind of a confusing little tidbit there. But Remember when I said fluffy bunny lists don't get rewarded? This is kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next time next time we know better. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so... That was basically the the. I, I don't know if I want to get into any more about that first game. It was fun talking to them. They were both really cool guys. They were super, super cool. friendly, super cool. They, you know, they were giving us little tidbits here and there. They're talking about Sea Lion and some of the things coming after Sea Lion, um, as far as rumors go. So maybe I'll drop a rumor right now because I think it was kind of cool. They they were talking about uh, the E series German German tanks. Um, tanks essentially. Yeah, it was all of their different E series stuff. Apparently that's down the pipeline here, so hopefully we'll see that soon. If you guys have listened this far into the podcast, you might get excited about that. So apparently, what E series is because I wasn't super familiar with it is basically <laughs> Jeff. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, why don't I? Yeah, why don't I grab it? The E series uh, was they're 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 only made on paper. The Germans never got around to building them during the war, but the idea was to standardize all of the production uh, between your your light, medium, and heavy tanks, so they could all use the same parts. And that way, one factory—if one factory were bombed out of existence, the other factory could still continue producing all the parts for the tanks. So they're uh, an evolution—an evolutionary step in tank design up from the Panther II. Even uh, there was a model for the E50, which is a, a medium tank, and an E100, which was a very heavy tank. 
something close to the mouse, but I mean not quite as heavy as the mouse, but uh, far more mobile and would have been uh, would have been a beast on the battlefield if they'd had another two years of the war. I think so. It's it's a really interesting series of tanks in the what if category. Yeah, it was a pretty cool little discussion we had about with them about that, which I think was kind of cool in itself. Uh, so Jay and Steve, I I think you guys were playing us. That was it was a blast, even though. I think we all agree that we would have loved to have played on a different table. Yeah. We played on one of the, we invaded one of the Candy more, yeah, more jocular tables, and I think we would have loved to have played on a more ta- normal table. But um, well, not, it is what it is. Not the least of which because we were destroying all the candy cane roads got destroyed <laughs> if you rolled the dice on them. Well, so. and, and, and nothing else says gross in the morning, like especially when you're hungover as I was, because I was pretty hungover. <laughs> And that table just smelled like fake vanilla and like frosting and like just made me want to go vomit. Like no, no offense to the whoever made it, but I mean because it was edible. So that we played on an edible table essentially. Yeah. Everything was made out of graham crackers and frosting and I, I did. Lord I think I took a else. picture. I'll, I'll make sure I put that up in the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, I mean, Rick had a couple I, good deep breaths and it looked a little green I, around the gills. Yeah, and I, and I, like, I don't. I want to go. I I did look around for a, a garbage can just to make sure I knew where one was if it ever happened because I was I wasn't feeling great anyway. But that table just had kind of a weird scent to it, and I was not <laughs> and I was not appreciating it all that much. <laughs> Yeah, at a Christmas themed tournament, that would have been a cool table to play on. Yeah, Merry Mayhem, that would oh have been a, God, a blast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that's perfectly acceptable for Merry Mayhem, where everybody's dressing up like elves and Santa Clauses and stuff. Yeah, sure, but this isn't this wasn't is, what we were expecting. For no, Mary. we were not expecting to be playing on literally a melted candy cane road and graham crackers. Like I wasn't expecting like uh follow yeah. the candy cane road. Follow the candy cane right. road. I mean if and it, like, like literally yeah. dropped a dice and it shattered one of the roads and I was just I felt like shit cuz I was <laughs> like I just broke this guy's terrain. And Jeremy did come over and say don't worry about it guys. It's going in the garbage when we're done with it. Don't worry about it. But I still felt kind of bad. Like I was like dude, I just ruined the table. But yeah, it is what it is. We didn't put yeah. any high explosive into the gingerbread houses and set them on fire. If we had, though, I might have actually smashed it. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have. <laughs> Just saying. Thankfully, we didn't. So, <laughs> so how'd you guys perform? And did you win, lose, draw on that first one? Um, that was a minor win because of how the ringer rules. Because worked. we were playing the ringer, so we were going to yes. have a minor win no matter how we did. Right. Um, so we didn't really care all that much. I think we might have been able to earn a minor win by the end, but I, but that's about as far as it would have gone. They were yeah. they were very good players. <laughs> They were. All right. Yeah. And they, they were playing great. Lists, so. Yep. And we were playing Yeah, so we were bunch. playing All-Americans. So. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, does anyone remember the actual wrap-up from Scenario 1? I know that uh, there was a... The, the, out of, the Allies, the allies won, won. Massively. And, but the... I think that goes for the rest of the rounds, too. Well... To spoiler alert, but... Yeah, spoiler alert, the Allies won the war. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> this just in. Uh... Well, they, the the Axis got a special rule that I would say incurred or benefited, as well as benefited to them between rounds. Uh, you guys got the out of gas rule, and well, then that did not benefit. That did not benefit. Well, us. no, that, I, I said and there's another one too. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, extra yeah, penetration. Yeah. So all of your your HEs got an extra plus one pen. Negative, negative, negative. Was all it? of our APs. AP, sorry, yeah, AP. Wrong letters. Because yeah. we only had one armor piercing gun in our whole army. Okay, right. So we, your like APs we said, got or, plus one, but all of your vehicles got the out-of-gas roll. Correct. Did that have any play in your second game whatsoever? Yes. Did? Severely. Okay. 
Okay, why don't you guys take your second game first, and we'll take our second because it had no effect on our game. Sure. So our second game was against a tag team of uh, Russia and, I believe, Romania. Is that correct, Rick? Yep, correct. Yeah, I so don't think they fought together Chris. either. Um, not so much. Well, maybe a little more very than much closer. The very end Soviets. of the war. Very end yeah. of the war. So the Soviet player was running a pl- armored platoon of three T-34s with tank rider SMG guys. Like uh, else, Jesse? Of course. Yeah, yeah, taking notes. Yeah, it was yeah. actually a pretty effective tank platoon, oh my God. if I would yeah. have to say. That was like the better... I, I was like kind of jealous of that tank platoon because he still had a fair number of troops with his tank platoon. Yes, like one for it, one. It, yeah, well, right. He had he had three tank platoon or he had three troops with his three tanks, which I was not common comparative to other. Not ones. in a tank wars, no. no, no, no. Sorry, go they're, ahead. They're one ninety five a piece, so they're pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he had yeah, three yeah. of those, and, so, and I think he had a free squad in there somewhere too, somewhere. And yeah, he had a truck with her. It's so many guys. I know he had a lot. So yeah. many guys. Uh, yeah. And then the Romanian player had a number of veteran infantry, uh, a medium artillery piece, and I believe it was a twenty millimeter uh, uh, gun of some nature. Auto. He had the heavy auto. He had cannon. some kind of auto cannon. Yeah, because I don't we, know. We never we, let it fire. So no, we didn't <laughs> let that thing fire for the life of us. We didn't let that fire. But anyway, so we were very was, frightened. It was a solid game. I mean, the T thirty four spread out because they wanted to engage. Rick's Panzer IV, which is the only thing we had in the army that could possibly hurt one of them. Um, and, of course, because we were out of fuel, we had to be cagey about when that Panzer IV came on because it might only get one move. Uh, so that game, uh, the highlight for that game, I think, af- it has to be Rick rolling that Panzer IV up and blasting one of the T-34s in the side and killing it. And I think he immobilized another one, which was which was pretty awesome considering I think we were getting rolled that game pretty hard. Yeah, and this might be a good spot to say where, like, we took one tank out of out of both of our platoons, yeah. and I think that was the wrong play. I think uh, we didn't. Most have people any. brought it. Well, which is better than taking one? Yes. Because I think we were worried about our one piece of armor surviving, or at least I was because I had it. Um, we were worried about it surviving versus three tanks in most games. In almost all of our games, we were like, uh, "There's three tanks. I can kill one, but I can't kill three. Okay, yeah, we only so, ran across a tank platoon in our first game ever. Yeah, uh, you lucky, oh my God. lucky dogs. Yeah, yeah I wish lucky. we'd gotten that because well, we would raffle stomped some people at that point. Yes, um, because a Panzer a Panzer IV would have would have been a blast then. But Panzer IV is a dirty bird. There's no doubt about that. They, they definitely are, and we were facing a lot of tanks, so we had to worry about them a little bit more. So, uh, as I've said to some other people over the course of the of, over the course of the weekend and afterwards, is I think we brought a knife to a gunfight. Yes. Um, and it feels it felt that way, given how cagey I had to play that Panzer IV, which yes. is probably good because I had to. It minimized Tiger fear quite a bit, which um, sucked for us, unfortunately. Which yeah. which really did. Unfortunately, we were I think we were hedging our bets on having some Tiger fear, and we didn't get to utilize it very much at all, comparative to what we thought we were going to be able to do, just based on how many. And, uh, and who did you play against in, in that second game? Who did you play against? Uh, the the captain in the major. Yeah, but don't don't ask him to explain that. Uh, how about uh, <laughs> Mike, they were, Mike and Chris? They were super nice guys, uh, and I guess their backstory is they deployed together back during the war, and this was their weekend to get together again and see each other and have fun. So I didn't want to like rain on their parade and just let them have a good time together. And they're super cool guys. So yeah, they were okay. they were pretty awesome. And what yeah. it was it was pretty fun. Russians and Romanians, Russians and Romanians. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. yeah, you said that. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. We went there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about your guys' second game? Uh, you played right. the right scenario this time, right? We, key positions, uh, as you guys did right. allude to. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's the second one. That's yep. the same one right. you guys played, right? 
So yeah, I, I we think did we, play that one. We, we, did. we were spot on at that point. I had some food, had you know, had a couple glasses of water, was was good to go. Uh, we played against Adam and Abe, which was a double German list, and they had a was it Jesse? Which tank was on there? Was it Panzer three or Panzer four? It was they the, had in their list. It was the Panzer four, and one was a majority Falschmiager uh, with um, pioneers in a Hanomeg. Yeah, and then the other yeah. was... Which yeah. they correctly remembered to say outflank. Yes. But they only did that after I said my SAS were outflanking. They're like, oh, outflank. Yeah, let's do that too. So, but they they, they actually, they were, it was a really fun game. And I think when that first, when that, that the table set up, and we were playing on the, uh, I think I posted this one as kind of the, the desert with the, with the water and the palm trees, that board. Uh, and that was a really, really odd board to play on because there was a lot of cover but there wasn't you really had to 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 find any true line of sight to determine you know the the berms and the hills and stuff like that actually being in play uh the one thing that you know so they had that they had their big tiger fear tank out there which they sat in the middle of the board and then i set up on the hillside which had the nice arc going right down to it my 17 pounder so if he moved that thing forward it was going to take one in the side and that thing, I think, moved two inches the entire game and just sat there. Yeah, you you kept that thing pretty well in check. I, you were you were. I getting, got that in ambush right away every turn. Yeah, you were getting the first order I pull pretty regularly and being able to put that seventeen pounder into ambush, which the other German army was here. Um, yeah, I'm, so they were I'm all regulars. Sure, I'm not sure why everyone was so scared of the seventeen pounder. I mean, it's only plus seven pen. I mean, come on. And that's a that's a large pen. Yeah, I know. That's why it's funny. But it kind of allowed me to control. The it allowed you to keep. Yep, it allowed you to your your tanks and your SMGs to move the rest of the board, and that just kept everything in check. And these guys were these guys were a lot of fun to play with. I mean, they weren't taking themselves seriously. They were playing the game. They were doing everything well. Um, although he did, he's like, I feel like an ass, but I have to keep telling you, Tiger Fear, Tiger Fear. I'm like, hey, no, dude, that's that's fine. That's fine. That, we we get that. I mean, if I had that, I'm pretty sure I would be that guy too and say, Tiger Fear. Yeah. Tiger, um, tiger Fear. Tiger Fear. We don't experience much Tiger Fear in our Rick area. Just put it on the table. Au contraire, I actually brought it with me to the tournament. You will see it as soon as I am allowed to change my list. Yeah, well, okay. I was gonna... And it's early enough in the war. Okay. The problem is, guys, I can't take Tiger Fear in 1939 or whatever year we are in now. 1940. I don't know year we're in. Yeah, Tiger Fear doesn't even play a role until 42. Neither do the Gurkhas. Right. Well, then we'll have we'll have something to comment, Pat. We'll be, both be bringing new units then. Uh, it's all good. You, you guys, you guys are telling me I'm not playing by the rules or I'm not using my national rules, but I can't. You guys can take free units from the beginning of the war. I can't take Tiger Fear until now. Until just a friendly, just a friendly shot, Rick. You don't you don't yeah, have yeah. to be in a hurry to put them on the table. That's fine. I'm okay with it not being on the table because we did actually miss one order check as a result of it. Although in hindsight, Jesse did have a full strength unit. He should have rerolled that. Yeah, that's so I, kind I, of, I go ahead. don't know that 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 played. I don't know that that played a serious role in our in our results at all. I think it kind of showed the my my noobness in facing something like Tiger Fear because I just I messed it up a couple times and <laughs> like for that one I should have rerolled and been able to use activate that unit in theory. Yes. So. But. Yeah, we, and and I think we did we did really good in this one. Uh, we did actually let a major victory slip to minor victory. Uh, I think the highlight for Ooh. for yeah for both I think of that's us. On me. 
the highlight for both of us is when he had a unit of Falschmiager, I think, when you brought your SM, your first SMG unit on and went and halved them from 8 to 4. And I just offhandedly said, oh, you know what, just flip those box, box cars and you can go ahead and grab those other few units, four units up off the guard, uh, four models off the board and you're good to go. And then he flipped those dice and they came up box cars. And my God, if looks have killed, I would have been thrown through the back of the cinder blocks. It was just crazy. He just did it. And I'm just like, Oh, dude, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed his death stare at you, Pat. Yeah, you haven't met Pat. Really sorry, if, Pat. I felt yeah, it was pretty was, bad no, about it, but you know, such as the Pat such as the way of game of dice, you know, the game of dice is, you know, the fact that I just blindly called that for him and then he did it. It was just like I can't believe that shit just happened to me. Uh, what 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 the hell? And like I told you that now you have to pick up those four models. <laughs> he didn't come over to want to kick me or anything, which is, hey, uh, Adam, thanks very much for that. Uh, I appreciate you not coming over and wanting to kick me in the business. Yeah, Adam, none of us would have blamed if you had kicked him. <laughs> no, I, I, I would have expected it nonetheless. Actually, I would have been like, dude, it was a blind call. Go, I mean, how? Go kick him. how you know, dice are dice. I swear yeah. they don't listen to me. I've trained very they're, few dice in my cool. day. They're fickle, I know. They're fickle, but when those things come up, it's it's. I think it's hysterical. No one else did at the moment, and I no, tried. Not yeah, to, yeah, that's that's I, pretty funny stuff. It's, I try and laugh about those kinds of things, but sometimes it's hard, especially when your opponent calls it out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, man. Well, that I like good stuff. I like that. I think my favorite one was when you had brought your artillery strike. You had put three pins on a unit of German here. They came rushing up the hill. Where? Here. Here. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Got to do it. Mm-hmm. They went from... So they passed the order check going from three pins to four, uh, two pins. The ones that I told you to put in ambush in case those guys came across the hill? Yep. And they got right to the top of the hill. I said, I'm going to flip my order die to fire. And he went, oh, that's right. You put them in ambush. And I unloaded and then, with two uh, LMGs and yeah. another seven rifle shots. I think I took almost half the squad down. Uh, uh, you did, but he passed the check, and then yes. my other squad came around and finished him off, and he's just like... For the rest of the game, he's like, hey, why don't you guys take that hill? Hey, why don't you guys take that hill? <laughs> you guys really do have a lot of highlights in your second game. It was it was a really fun game. Yeah, it was. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and again, we we alluded to you know we had a major victory, and then he had the the Hanameg come in and outflank, which ended up you know we left the one of the uh, one of the key points not well protected enough, and they took that back over to draw our major victory back down to a minor victory. But it was a really fun game. Those guys were really awesome to play with, which you know thankfully it was that's what you look for in these tournaments. You don't. We didn't have any guys who just like sat there and just like grunted the whole time. So they they took they rolled the punches and they knew that they were kind of wait <laughs> just sat there and grunted the whole time. Is that what Jeff yeah. does when he plays a uh, game? I don't like just uh, all the time. I grunt and I kick chairs. <laughs> See, yeah, that's only if we have all to right. get teamed up together. All right. Well, I, I picked the wrong teammate apparently. Yep. All yeah. right. Unless I'm that guy too. I do I you just grunt all the time? Poorly. No, you just don't shut up. Fair enough. You're, you're, you're the social one, so you I, talk I, to everybody, and I grunt. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So that okay. was that was that was our turn two. Cool. Do you have, uh, do you have anything else to tap yeah. in there, Jesse? Yeah. Round two. Yes. Um, I don't think so. 
That was a good game. It was, was a, game it was a really us. good game. Uh, it was really tight at the end. I should have put my SMG squad into ambush and then waited for that henna make to come in and blast well, it. Well, you, you reminded me repeatedly about the mistake I made about which unit you were talking about and which unit I was trying to destroy, and that, I think that kind of caused that mix-up and forced you to do something. Yeah, I... Yeah, I wanted to score more points by killing more stuff, so that that's my bad. <laughs> Jeff, is, says, is round two... Says the Russian is round, player. Yeah. Is round two the round you put your singlies in a in an inexperienced truck? <sighs> yes. Okay. My foreign right, legion. That foreign was legion. the highlight. Foreign legion. That's foreign, a low I'm light. sorry, you had foreign legion. <laughs> that's, that's a low right. light. <laughs> that was like... The, the outtake mistake reel. Oh, yeah, God. so so I Jeff had, put his I had a foreign ten legion. man foreign legion squad in an inexperienced truck, and the inexperienced truck is because it's cheap, right? And the truck isn't supposed to get shot at anyway, so what do I care? Except I had to get it on the board, and I could not roll a seven to save my life. You need, that was ridiculous. You need you that, almost should have just taken the guys out of the truck and been like, "Dude, you're just going on the on foot." You need yeah. that Normandy traffic traffic cop. I, it wouldn't have helped. I was rolling nines and tens and elevens for him. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fast. I yeah. like to live dangerously, yeah, he was rolling like but not 11s. that dangerously, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because if I remember correctly, I do think, Jeff, that even if you had a regular truck, I don't think you would have passed no, anyway. No, I wouldn't like, have. That's you just were it. rolling like tens and elevens. It, it wouldn't have mattered. It would not have mattered. It was awful. It was karma for buying that inexperienced truck. But It was, but, but. <laughs> still... I just remember, I just remember sitting there laughing my ass off because mm. you were, you kept rolling it, and you're like, "I'm like, dude, I really could use those guys on the table right now." Me too. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm just like getting melted off the table, and you're just like, uh, "I roll an 11." I'm like, "Come on, man, bring it on." So, what was the overall but, result after round two? The allies obviously hard. were still in front. Allies, allies were still hard winning at this point. Majorly. Uh, Major, and then they Major. had what was the special rule? Something about uh, it affected my airstrike is all I remember, and then. What was the access rule that he had imposed based on the results? I don't think there was one. Uh, I can't remember. There was because access was. generals were asked to grab oh, something. We, we got, no, we got, oh, we got a medic. 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 We got a medic. That's right. Yeah, the embedded, embedded medic. medic. Embedded medic. Yeah. That's okay. right. yeah, which was a pretty cool rule. That was a sweet. I like that rule a lot. And, yeah. You, and the, the air observers and artillery observers, which affected me, I don't think it was actually anybody else in the entire field, near as I could tell. Uh, so in addition to having to roll for the artillery strike coming in, if it came in, I had to roll again, and on a 1, it didn't come in, and on a 2 through 6, it scattered no matter what. So it scattered D6s anyway, D6 inches That's no right, matter what. That's right, because it was uh, confused. It was no man's land. Yep. It was close, and everything was yeah. smoky and First stuff. turn, was the, the line of sight was cut at 24 inches. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which actually kind of helped us get into position in our first turn. I would actually say it helped us too, as far as like as as far as our table, because our table was far was super open comparative to like some of the tables we're used to playing on. Yeah, um, the middle of our field was wide open. It was kind of a, a, a there was like one little spot in the middle to hide out. Yep. Um, Do you guys want to go through your uh, your? Yeah. So go, go yeah, through. We can go, go through your game. Who'd you play first? Uh, so we played played Seamus and Tyler. Um, so Seamus is on Ghost Army Proto- or Ghost Army podcast uh, occasionally, I believe, um, from Chicagoland area. I don't know if Tyler is. I don't remember. Ty- I feel like Tyler might have been from the local area as well. Do you remember, Jeff? I don't remember. I believe he was, okay. but I'm not 100% sure. I, I think they were they were from the nearby area. Um, but, yeah, they were playing double Americans, and 
I the the highlight that game twice. You guys had double yeah, Americans. We, yeah, yes. just like you played double Germans, we played double Americans. So we we're on the opposite Americans. side of the table, buddy. Um, it seems yeah, like we are so, all playing the wrong armies. <laughs> I think we, I, like I said, we brought a knife to the gunfight, but I feel like in this case we might have we we might have snuck one out here. I've I talked to Seamus a couple times about this, and he he thinks we had it, but I I don't think we had it compared to. So he had three Shermans, one of which was veteran. Um, I don't think we would have been able to touch that had I not first turn. So there's two highlights for me in this game. First turn, I roll, I, I roll up the Panzer cause I get a good shot at taking out one Sherman without any, without any Sherman shooting back at me, which is a big deal. So I, I took that shot. I rolled a six and then I rolled a six again. And then I rolled a six again and blew it off the table first turn. So I, I put them, I think we, we put them at a disadvantage right away, and that was a pretty big deal. It was I huge. think that was first turn, wasn't huge. it, Jeff? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it, first like, turn. It, it was huge. It was like, it was huge. We're like, holy cow, I wish we could have done that in every other game. <laughs> it would have been totally different. But so, yeah, so in this case, I was able to kind of slice the pie in, in uh, some other game speak, where I was able to basically say, my pants are going to take your, your one Sherman on, and not face the rest of them until much later, which was actually very beneficial to us, especially given the ranges that we had to deal with right away. Yep. Um, and then the other highlight, I don't know, you, maybe you say this one, Jeff, because this is a, this isn't pretty. This doesn't happen anymore, and this is a pretty big deal. Yeah. So uh, the the infantry side of the American team had a veteran airborne unit. Looked super cool. Twelve man full squad, twelve guys, and he got him forward into the middle of the table in a in a hard cover position in a slit trench. And I think he felt like he was going to hang out there and just, you know, be, just hold that ground. And I opened up with a, we hit him with a mortar round. Uh, then we hit him with a light VB launcher mortar round from one of my squads. And then, and, and rolling a six to hit, of course, and I hit him. And then we put another pin on with another unit. So this veteran paratrooper squad has like seven pins on it now. And I kind of look at Rick, and Rick looks at me like, let's let's just see if we can pin them out. I mean, we're not hitting them because they're, we're not going to kill them all, but we're going to try and pin them out. And sure as sugar, we put enough pins he had to pick eight veteran paratroopers up off the board as the unit got its 10th pin you you pinned out an entire veteran unit eight 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 yeah. surviving members and we pinned them it was out. pretty awesome <laughs> wow it was hilarious yeah. i think we wow we, we did pour a lot of firepower into we that did. thing but but we didn't have a lot of other good targets Those there's no rally so party that can get past that right we never yeah. got a chance that's just it he oh was wow like, i think they were i think they were down too they were, if i remember they were correctly down, yeah we didn't do any cover. wounds to them, but we were hitting once and pinning, and like we just do so a pin. you were you were super sixing the crap out of them after that. Well, we Pretty hit them. The mortars was doing most of the uh, the hard work. Did you get ranged in? Yeah. Well, he ranged in with the the medium mortar on him, okay. you yeah. know, on the guys down, but we didn't hardly kill anybody. And then I hit him with the VB launcher, which is a light mortar, and I got the right. pins from that. Yep. So I mean, I think we had five or six pins just from that alone. Yeah. Happy it, dice. It, yeah, it, yeah, it turned out really awesome in our favor. That game, I would say, we lucked out in a lot of respects. Like, well, the dice just went our way hard. Yeah, I mean, for for once, for once, it, you, you can't fight. Completely. You can't fight good dice. No, nope. no, it, it was a it was a really awesome game. Those guys were awesome to play. Um, we gave them our best opponent vote Absolutely. and our um, and theme as well, actually, because I actually I really liked their theme. Uh, so they so Seamus had put together. He dug through some of the American tank stuff. And he found I can't remember what the name I can't remember which number platoon it was, 
but it was a, it was famous for Jackie Robinson. It was a tank platoon of all of, of all African Americans. Yeah, and he had a. Oh, you guys played them. Everything. Okay, nice. Yeah, super nice. Cool. It was super. It was cool. super cool. Yeah, it wasn't their com- theme was awesome. You know, he said it wasn't. Com- it it was well painted. He said it wasn't completely done, but he, everything had been. He had researched everything meticulously. Like uh, he went through and found you know all of the all of the names of the tanks in that platoon and found some cool ones and put them on all the tanks. So, other so, than you guys pinning out his veteran squad, and did they have a chance to win, or is that kind of the no, fluffy bunny stuff after, that Jeff after, usually does? After I hit that, after I hit that one Sherman out, the next one, I hit the next one. I got the first dice on the next on the next bag too, and hit his next Sherman. I think we immobilized it. Immobilized it and locked the turret. Yeah. So it was did you get lucky, or did he get fluffy bunnied? No, that uh, was a good shot. Okay. That was a good shot. All right. I, I basically got in position to put myself in a good shot for the next round. Well, there you go, Jeff. It, it, fluffy bunnies just, sometimes just don't have luck. No, the fluffy bunny was the, the the closest they had, I think, to retaking the initiative in that game was he, he charged, he shot up a, a unit of my French infantry down to four guys and then charged him, I think, with six or seven remaining American infantry. And we got into a close combat. I was defending an obstacle. And he rolled four casualties, and I rolled four casualties, but my loader was still alive, so he had a pistol, and he's a tough fighter, so I got to roll a dice yep. again and got the fifth casualty. So they bounced off a four-man French unit. Yeah, sneaky pistols. There's very few. It's a one-point upgrade. Actually, it's a one-point cost, but there's very few units that actually have them. And uh, I think French are the only ones that have loaders that actually have pistols. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I know my SAS have pistols in addition to their other weapons, and that gives them translates the tough fighter to them. But there's not a lot that just have pistols as loaders. That's that's pretty cool. Nice, yeah. nice little turn for yeah. you. Yeah, it was, yeah, it that was, was really pretty nice. awesome. That was a good bounce. It was awesome. Yeah, I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> so that was by far, I think, the best game between the two sides. Like we had the most. I think I had the most fun. Yeah, in that, that game. was by, that was really fun. Yeah. Not so, Seamus we and Tyler, uh, <laughs> cheers to you guys. That was a that was a brilliant game. So, well, it sounds like yeah. your third game was really fun. Yes, it, and it was much better than the the first two. No offense to our first two opponents. I, I well, personally like speaking, games, personally speaking, third games in these three round terms, I just just like like oh my god, I have to play another game. Are you kidding me? I was super oh, excited for that third game in Were both you? action. Oh god, I, yeah, I love both action. Every every tournament I've been to, it's just like the third game is just I'm just I'm just done. I'm spent. And then we sit down to this table. Jesse and I sit down. We're, we meet uh, Aaron and Kyle. And I think Aaron was he's a local guy, and I think he's kind of he knows a lot of the po- other podcasters like the LDRG. He knows those guys. He knows Puck. Is that the guy's name from that? Uh, I forget him exactly. But uh, Patch. Patch. Thank you. Thank you very much. My notes are poor. Um, but they sat down and their display board was fantastic. Like I looked at their display board, mine. I'm like, clearly they spent more than six hours on theirs, <laughs> and their stuff looked really good. But it was another German German. But they went all veterans, 100 percent across the board. They even had what was the tank they had, Jesse? Panther. Yeah, the big dog, the 400 pointer. It's just like, hey, way to commit, you know. You didn't have to do a veteran panther. I think the rules are pretty loose on tanks. That doing a doing the extra veterans isn't a lot. Let's question Americans. If you listen to our last podcast, um, but they were looked like they just had gotten through the ringer several times over. But they were still ready to have fun, and they did. It was a good game. It was a lot of fun. And like I've said numerous times, my third game in a day, I am just drained, beat, and don't even want to play. 
but they sat there and actually did you know engaged us and we talked about other things than just the game and actually just talked two things it was a lot of fun uh, I'm trying to think the highlight in this one, Jesse, and I really got to think it's yours. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, my 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 uh, my 17-pounder had that panther just hiding like a little scared kitty cat most of the game behind buildings. It didn't really move out. We never had to worry about tiger fear. You had a maneuver that came out, at, which was you know I'll let you go through that and I'll add some other commentary behind that because we made a point of this and during the game. But go ahead with your highlights. I know this was awesome. Well, uh. In case you haven't picked it up, I ran two SMG squads of what they're Soviet guards, 11-man uh, unit, and they can take one captured German Panzerfaust in each unit. Healthy. <laughs> so awesome. They came onto the table um, in right, right in short range, point blank range, of a five-man two LMG squad of Falschmiager. Wiped them off the board, and then they proceeded to move and mo move up the board. Eventually, they got to the point where both the panther had moved towards them, and they had moved enough towards them or towards the panther that they were able to take that beautiful Panzerfaust shot. And needing fives, I rolled a five. Needed a uh, let's see, it was, it was to the side. It was, oh, that's right, it was to the side. So yep, I needed it was to a, the side, was which it we, we points? measured, and he looked at, it and he's like. Holy crap! That's the side. I think it was what a, that's a four to penetrate. So there are there are nine Panzerfaust are a five. So six. It's a, it's, a, it's a, was it a five or a six to penetrate? It's a six for Math is fuzzy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I needed pretty much a three up. I rolled a five, I believe, again. And then when it came to the damage roll, I rolled a four, and they removed the Panther off the table. Technically speaking, well, they did not. They did not. <laughs> it was close enough to the end of the game, and they were just like, meh, <laughs> and just left it there. And now, and, and, and Rick, you and I can go back and forth in the Tiger Fear rule on this one, because I did bring it up to them. You know, We don't go back and forth. I, we both agree. We both agree, and I brought it up. I said, you know what? If you look at the Tiger Fear rule and you read it, it actually says, unless a unit has a fire, capital F, and cap in italics, fire order against it, it must pass a tiger fear. And I brought it up, and they're like, well, he's advancing against, and he's obviously trying to, you know, he's advancing and firing on the unit, whatever, that's fine, we're okay with it. I'm like, but you know the rule says that he has to make a fire order. An advance order resulting in a fire does not constitute ignoring tiger fear. I, I also brought that up. thought it was that you, way. <laughs> I brought it up, you brought it up, and they're both like, meh, whatever. You know, Aaron, Kyle, apologies, yes. but there's no. Apparently, there's a reason you guys won the zero and twenty award. <laughs> so, they, they they did get at the end of the tournament. They were the only team that had zero points throughout the entire the zero battle soon. points. They got the winless group, and you know, again, I brought it up during the course of the action. It wasn't like an after the after the fact sort of thing. Like before, even Jesse rolled dice, and just kind of like, let me do this. Let me do this. I'm like, Jesse, you know, I can't do that. Rules of the rules, and he's like, "Yeah, you're right." And they're like, "Nah, whatever, let it go, let it go." We're like, "So okay." So, out of curiosity, did you roll the dice to see what would have happened? No, no, I very seriously regret telling Jesse to rabbit cam it. Yeah, he should have uh, rabbit cammed it. He should have looked at it to see if. If, he if anyone it. doesn't know that particular term, it comes out of the the World Poker Tour, where they look at the pocket cards of people who discard them. They call it the rabbit cam. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, you get to see what they we, would have played if they had what, played what they would have played if they had played it. But we we didn't do that. Again, it was game three. I'm tired. I'm sick of throwing dice. I'm just like ready to move on. Getting but close to dinner time. Getting hungry. Well, yeah. And you're arguing. And you're arguing against yourself. So you're right. like, you aren't going to push it too hard. Like just just far enough. You're like, hey, dude. So you know, want to say this? You could do it. This is the Go rule. Ahead. Say yeah. Say just just say. Just say, say we'll roll our dice. Yeah. And they're like, meh. Yep. Don't worry about it. like. <laughs> they don't seem to care. Right. All right. But that's that's on them. But that's but they you know their list was their list their list was tight and their painting was very 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 good. Yes. Yes. Okay. Their display board was fantastic. Uh, kudos to you guys on that. That was I thought that was awesome the way you guys played through the whole thing. And our table was kind of like it lended itself to literally a four foot by four foot fighting area. Because it had a it had a road that was about a foot and a half in on one side that was six inches wide, that teed on one side, and it was it was two feet away from wherever where all the fighting and, and cover was, and it was just kind of like, okay, that, okay, well obviously we're fighting here. It doesn't matter which side of the table we pick, we're fighting here. So, and it was all about cover to cover and all about the super sixes, as they say. Fair yep, enough. that's where the mortars mortar comes in. <laughs> Yeah, if yeah, nothing else yeah. this weekend, Jesse, you sold me on mortars, and I think when I go to Bug Eater in June, I might be running Market Garden with double mortars. Yeah, because that's coming up. That's our next. That's our next big event. Yeah. So yeah, it's Bug Eater, and you can run theaters there, so you can do what you want. You can run Market Garden if you want. Yep. Hey, don't don't discount the game day in May. Oh yeah, yeah I'm sorry. That you're right. That comes first. But you're for right. us, that's a that's a local event, and it's not a travel to. It's not a destination right. event. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, just, it's, it's just a Saturday. It's, it's just a Saturday. Thing. That's like it's like a super cool pickup Thursday game for us to have Correct. to have yep. a bunch of people yep. that are local and just like just pick up on one day and not have to worry about anything, no hotels to worry about stuff like that. But yeah, bug. You're right. Bug eaters our next destination event. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too, sir. It's going to be a fun time. All right. Well, do we have any other thoughts on Adepticon? I think so. To wrap it all up, the Allies won. Shockingly enough, I think it was to uh, to it was an avalanche historical relevance. Yeah, it kind of was. It was an avalanche. And, yeah, I mean, we kind of saw that coming. Yeah, but it is what it is. It, I still had a good time. I don't know if it'd be you, Jeff, but we. I, I had, a great, had a great time. It was most fun I've had to get my butt kicked in a long time. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, thanks again to Jeremy for running it. He did a great job. Uh, it sucked that we were right next to the X-Wing event where they had a giant microphone and PA system because, like, in the middle of him announcing awards. Bolt Action's not there yet. We will get there. No, no. Hopefully we'll help We'll help them get there. I don't know if we're we'll overcome um, X-Wing, but hopefully we'll get a no, separate No, that's, that's damn near impossible at this Eesh. point. That, Man. Thing, that thing's a monster. Shit. Yep. I mean, I think even Jeff was was eyeing it up and going over there if he could have. He would have he would have wandered that way. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can explain. I can play. Yeah, no, no, I know. It, no, it, it looked like a good time over there. Yeah. One of our other one of our other friends was playing. For, the, it. for those people who don't have to paint stuff. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great system. Um, it's very different. But anyway, that, that's was, a different podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they I don't know if they have a podcast. There's we thousands look of into them. that. Oh, are there? Oh, never mind. It's not worth our time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, needle, needles, stack of needles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I just want to awesome. acknowledge uh, that we, you know, we got a question coming in late, late before we're going on to, and we're going to probably this will probably spitball into our Uh-oh. next topic from uh, from the fighting Kentuckian. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, so he, uh, he wants to talk about, uh, you know, he's got newer people coming in and, you know, what's 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 a good amount for uh, tournament play in small tournaments and stuff c- like that. C- c- combat Patrol. Yeah, yeah that's I was going to say line. the same thing. Yep. Go, go to the Adepticon go, website and, and look, look for it. There's 600 combat combat patrol. five to 800 points is a sweet spot for that kind of newer player. Yeah. And you know what? As, as far as, like, tournament size, four. Get four people together and and do the yeah. do the round robin and then and then play off the top two. That's yeah. that's a great way to do it. Just that's that's perfectly acceptable for early for for getting people involved and wanting to be excited about it. It's a great way to learn the rules because everyone's not gonna take the same things. Yeah. And you know, you know Except you'll get that one Soviet guy with the with the SMG squad and five hundred points just, he may not want to put them in a truck, he may want them on the board. So No, he might want them on a board, but still gross. Right. I don't think I'd run two in 500 points. <laughs> no, know. you'd run one, though. I don't know if you put them in a truck, but you'd run one for sure. I mean, that... Because it's, a, it's a, almost a, it's a 184 squad. 12 guys, SMGs. Ele- it's a 11 regular with SMGs. They're, it's like 160. Yeah. It's 200 with the truck. That's... that's yeah, that's you a, won't take the truck then. That's a that's a little more for aside. combat troll, and you know, yeah. and yeah. and also yeah. you know, we alluded to our our game day with our, kind of our combat patrols is like keep that 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 armor out, keep it at seven plus. Yep, we don't allow it at all. Whatever it's or it's, yeah, or just no armor. Just play yeah. the game and learn the rules with as it was intended. It's supposed to be an infantry game, so. The other like benefit to doing five if you do five hundred points of combat patrol or even six hundred, you can play it on a four by four board. As well, so you don't even need the six by fours. Less train, less if space. Your space is tight. Yep. Yeah. And in fact, five hundred points plays better on a four by four. I think. You get, yeah. You get a little too spread out it on a six by four. Actually, if if you play if you play on a six by four, you will find very quickly that you're you're fighting on a four by four. Yes. So, yeah. Start with combat patrol. It's solid. So there you go, fighting Kentuckian. If you've made it two hours into this, good job. <laughs> good point. Or, or we could just we could just respond him back and say, "Hey, check out the last ten minutes. We answered the question." Yeah, just skip ahead. Just hey, you listen to the whole thing. You better you better actually listen to the whole thing. Yeah, right. Uh, just making sure no questions come in since we started. He says it's been a while. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm look. I've been looking at Facebook for the last like five minutes here. Just, I'm, well, first of all, I'm trying to was trying to find that his questions. Because yeah, I wanted to make sure we got them answered. Hey, you know, thanks but, thanks for posting on Facebook on our, our page. You know, we appreciate that. You know, uh, we've been with our with Adepticon and our readiness. You know, we've we've obviously been gearing towards that tournament. But now I think uh, we've got Renegade coming up. We've committed to, and we've got a bunch of tables. And so I think we're going to make a point. All of us between the four of us, I think, got like eight tables that we're going to put together. So I think we're going to try and. Get some pictures together and kind of give you guys who follow us on Facebook some kind of insight as to what the tables might look like when we get to Renegade as we're developing these things. Does that sound right, guys? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, kind of Pat alluded to it. Uh, so we're actually running the Renegade Open Bolt Action Tournament. Um, so if you're not familiar with the Renegade Open, it's a it's a newer con style event where they're trying to get. Um, multiple game systems involved at a, at a, at a long weekend, uh, in November. So it's November. I just lost the date. I just had it up. Middle of November. Middle of November. Uh, November 17th, 19th. It's yeah, the it's weekend be- before, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yep. In Minneapolis. Which, 
which is kind of a crummy time. But yeah, so it's in Minneapolis. It's in the suburb of Minneapolis in uh, Wyzetta, I think. Uh, Wyzetta or Plymouth, one of the two. If they're right next to each other. Plymouth. For those it's in here. Plymouth. And, it's in Plymouth. And they are. Um, Plymouth is north of Wyzetta. Yep. So they're kind of similar. Depending on your map. Located. So it's at a. It's kind of like it's kind of like Adepticon, but much smaller at this much point. Smaller. They're working at growing it. Think of Adepticon uh, as like long-term. year three. Yeah, if you if you were there for year three, I was year fifteen for for Adepticon. Yeah. So they've been growing big, uh, but they have been they're they're definitely trying to grow this into a more of a con like event, where they have. A large, large space with a bunch of different games. They got 40K, Age of Sigmar. I think it's an on-site hotel, too, Saga. isn't it? Saga. So, yep, correct. I believe there. Yeah, it is at a hotel this yeah. year. Yeah, um, so and let me tell you, from one who likes to enjoy his evening cocktails, an on-site hotel is a fantastic <laughs> way to go. Right, Rick? <laughs> correct. Gives you several couches uh, to pass out on, a bathroom to throw up in, and you're good to go. That, that didn't happen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... So we will be uh, we will be there this year. We will be supporting the bolt action stuff that's going on there. Um, hopefully, we will see some of you guys there. Uh, we've we've talked to many people, and a lot of people are talking about coming. I think we're trying to make it twenty people this year. If we can make it more, we will. But I don't think we have the space yet this year. I think it's a unfortunately it's a there's a constraint for space at this current location as far as long term. Like how to how can we get every game system to have as much space as they need? But that that's you know well if we get to twenty players we will feel super happy. Yep. They will be they will be happy, and then you know next year maybe we'll talk about being able being able to get more space. So hopefully we'll get to twenty players this year, and then next year we'll talk about getting more. So so yeah yeah so that's uh, that was our big announcement that we didn't make last. That was what I was wheeling and dealing with last week or the last episode was basically wheeling with the, or talking to those guys and trying to figure out how to make that happen. Um, you know, we had some other guys that were interested in running it and they weren't able to do it. So, uh, so we got, we got tapped to make it happen. So we'll hopefully be making it the best that we can and we'll make it exciting for next year. So yeah, for sure. Uh, we're on this. We got it. Yeah. So look for our, we'll, we'll be making an announcement when, uh, when the, when registration goes online I know that it's coming up. I'm hopefully, I think it's going to be probably early May when sign up for the uh, for bolt out for all of the stuff at Renegade. The the one of the cool things about Renegade that maybe is a little different than Adepticon, as far as I understand, is that there isn't an actual ticket that you have to buy. You just buy you just buy into the events that you want to go to, and that's it. You don't have to actually pay for anything else. So there's no like entry fee or general admission per se. So you know. I, I think we're gunning for around twenty dollars, so um, which will be nice. It's going to be a little bit cheaper than Adepticon was comparatively. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll make it worth your while. So um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else we need to talk about other than that we just we just kind of dropped that one. Well, there you go. That just happened, and we will, that just happened. We'll talk to you next time, uh, Jeff. What do you usually say? Jeff doesn't say anything. He doesn't say nothing. anything. <laughs> He just basically stayed quiet because that's what he does. Well, then, then I'll, I'll give the tagline he taught me. This is Snafu over and out. The weather's fine for flying. The fog has gone to bed. There's 
such good visibility You could see victory ahead Let's fill the air with eagles Let's fill the clouds with men And we will see a world that's free When we fly home again Well, give us a little ride. The pilot said to the navigator, Why don't you slide inside? The navigator, he looked around and said to the engineer, Ah, your hands are dirty, your pants are dirty, you're dirty behind the ear. Said the bombardier to the gunner, Well, how are we fixed for lead? The pilot said to the radio man, How's the weather ahead? Said the bombardier to the pilot, Hand us that pretty crate. Five degrees to the right will make it, Just as sure as fate. The ship belonged to the bombardier who opened his little bay. He saw the target, the lovely target, and suddenly... Bombs away! Said the bombardier to the pilot. Call it a day. And then the pilot said to the radio man, Say we done it again. The weather's fine for flying. The fog has gone to bed. When we fly home again. 